All right, well, I'll go ahead and give my fucking fake plug this week. Um, if you ever want to be blasted out of your fucking mind while you're going to do a workout uh, beyond raw fucking lit pre-workouts, you can pick these bitches up at the Dollar General. <laughs> really make, it makes like it feels like your heart's going to fucking implode on itself. Like to where I had to stop mid-set and I was like, am, am I about to have a heart attack? Like, is this what that feels like? Oh my god. I never thought a carbonated drink you picked off the clearance rack at a Tyler General would do that, but who would have guessed you ever knew that? There it is right there. The, yeah, the, raw fucking pre-workout boys. Not Shit the box. clearance rack. Freaking pre-workout. If it's on drink. the clearance rack, you you need to send them an email. And I bet you those if they're on the clearance rack, there's a reason. <laughs> Hey, they already, they, they, already, they already responded to me on my Instagram story I posted about them. So. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Trying to get that plug, boys. Hell yeah, boys. If I don't have a heart attack by 32, then this didn't really work. <laughs> <laughs> Is it even a pre-workout? Whose turn is it to give the introduction? I think it was you, Kyle. You fuck. I gave it last time. No, you made me give did it you, last time, and then you, you tried to tail on your <laughs> own version of it at the end and be like, well, whatever, you already did it. All right. Well, welcome to the Seance Sunday podcast. Today, we're going to be going over... No, it's not the void. Ritual. Sorry, I got the void pulled up. I'm terrible at this. Anyway, <laughs> Seance Sunday podcast. The ritual today, right now, <laughs> as this freaking screen freezes, yeah, you keep fucking jerking right out. Your screen's jerking off, bud. <laughs> oh, is it really? Oh, that's terrible. Anyway, your welcome to the shit. <laughs> the podcast today. We're going to be covering the ritual. We'll be having a great time, and I would really like to thank today's fake sponsor for giving me the concentration necessary to get through the. Recording Zin movie. <laughs> there you go. Ways. That's right. And Zinnies. if Zins aren't enough to cure your craving or to give you the energy boost you need, the other sponsor is Ghost. <laughs> I know it's backwards, but fuck it. Who knows? Anyways, plenty of energy with these things, and they taste delicious. I don't well, like go ahead and give my fucking fake plug this week. Um, if you ever want to be blasted out of your fucking mind, why are you going to do a workout? <laughs> Uh, beyond raw fucking lit pre-workouts, you can pick these bitches up at the Dollar General. <laughs> really make, it makes like it feels like your heart's gonna fucking implode on itself. Like to where I had to stop mid-set, and I was like, "Am, am I about to have a heart attack? Like, is this what that feels like?" Oh my god! I never thought a carbonated drink you picked off the clearance rack at a Dollar General would do that. But who would have guessed? Have you ever knew it? Oh, there it is right there. The, yeah, beyond the, raw fucking pre-workout boys. Not the box. clearance rack. Freaking pre-workout If it's on drink. the clearance rack, you you need to send them an email. And I bet you those... If they're on the clearance rack, there's a reason. Hey, they, already, they, they, already, they already responded to me on my Instagram story I posted about them. So. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Trying to get that plug, boys. Hell yeah, boys. If I don't have a heart attack by 32, then this didn't really work. <laughs> <laughs> Is it even a pre-workout? I don't know. If it's not giving you a mild heart attack, are you even taking pre-workout, bro? <laughs> I 
if your heart didn't skip an actual beat, not a not a metaphorical one, an actual beat, yeah. did you really take pre workout? <laughs> yeah, I've taken pre workout like three times. I didn't like it. I love it. Mm-hmm. It gets my blood pumping from my heart to the rest of my body. And I will say, this ghost pink. Oh damn it, pink lemonade. It's the best flavor. The only one better than this is their their bomb pop flavor, which I forgot what it's called. If they sponsor us, I'll remember the the name of it then. <laughs> but they gotta pay us mixes, for that. Mixes well with alcohol too. Just by the way, don't do it. I'm not gonna <laughs> say that's a good idea. But yes, kids. You want to stay up? Energy drinks mixed well with alcohol. But anyways, you know what? I'm gonna change it up. Let's do the movie review and then do the cryptid hunt because the cryptids directly okay. pertain or in the myth the folklore and region of where the movie takes place in the ritual so with that i'm going to give a quick summary of the movie just so you know whoever hasn't seen it they get a good idea of what's going on so the ritual from 2018 i believe is when it came out on netflix uh five longtime friends luke Phil, Hutch, Dom, and Robert make plans to go hiking in the northern in northern Sweden or in the Swedish forest in Sweden. Rob was killed in a liquor store robbery before they were able to take it together, so the remaining four friends go in his honor. They become lost in the Swedish forest and start to encounter strange and ominous symbols of a cult that inhabits the forest. They worship an old god. That is very, very creepy. And a lot of crazy shit happens. Obviously in a horror movie. So, that's a brief summary of the movie. Let's start off right from the beginning. In the beginning, you start off strong with Rob getting killed at that liquor store. How fucking shitty was that, dude? Like, I felt so bad for uh, um, Luke... He's the guy that, you know, goes into the liquor store and tries to convince everybody else to come along with him because they're, it's, you know, they're five long friends that are kind of distant. They've all kind of grown up and started their careers and started, some have started families. So they obviously they don't hang out as much anymore. So there's this little bit of like weird disconnect between all five of them. And Luke seems like the guy that never really like, I guess, grew up or you know, progressed since college, I guess, whenever they became friends or when, when they were younger, whenever they met, because it's not specifically stated in the movie when they met and how long they've been friends, just that they've been friends for a long time and they all know each other real well. But it seems like Luke never really progressed since, you know, their fun party days or whatever. So he still wants to stay out late, keep drinking, you know, party, 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 where everybody else is like, yeah, I got work in the morning, dude. Yeah, wife and kid are calling me. I got to go home. But anyways, they get together after that long time, and they're trying to plan something to do because they haven't seen each other in a while. They want to do something. And so I believe it is Robert. He makes the suggestions like, why don't we go hiking? Hiking in uh, in Sweden, the the Swedish, I want to say, is the Swedish Alps? Is that right? I think I think that's what he said. He, he, he referenced specifically what it is, but you just kind of throw it off. For the rest of the movie, because you don't think that's what it's going to be about. So yeah, the the Swedish I think wilderness. they call it the King's Trail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So, you know, Rob wants to go hiking on this, and the only person he really talks about it with is Luke, who is in the liquor store, and Rob follows him into the liquor store because Luke wants to get another bottle of vodka and, you know, keep the party going. Well, while they go into the freaking liquor store, they don't realize at first because they're having a conversation that that place is getting robbed, (laughs) like, as they just walk in. And so... Obviously, the robbers, like, come out of the back room after, like, beating up the the clerk and the liquor store owner. And Luke freaks out and, like, freaking Brady very vocally state, and he's a pussy. So he runs and hides and leaves Robert by himself to face these two thugs with, you know, with weapons and, like, knives and a bat, I think the other guy has. And pretty much pusses out and just stays hidden the whole time. Well, Rob goes to, like, give the robbers, you know, they, give me your wallet, give me your wallet. So he goes to give him their wallet, and he's like, what else you got? And he's like, you can take my watch. And they want to take his ring, but it's his wedding ring. He's like, no, it's my wedding ring. You're not taking my wedding ring. And so they're fighting. The two robbers are arguing back and forth. They're like, just take it from him. Just take it from him. And Rob's kind of pleading with him. He's like, no, please, like, it's my wedding ring. Don't take it from me. One of the robbers is so high strung. He's like, you either take it from him now I'm going to, I was like, I'm going to kill him right now or do him in right now. <clears throat> and about that time, Rob looks back to look at uh, Luke, who's hiding behind one of the uh, the end caps of the, in the liquor store. And about that time he goes to look back, that freaking guy with the bat comes across, wham, whacks him right over the head, knocks him down, and Luke ends up uh, dying. <clears throat> so that's how that movie starts. It's pretty Pretty fucked. Now, so I'll pick I'll pick yeah. apart the first half of the movie because yeah. uh, very accurate in the fact that uh, Rob is definitely one of the guys that's just like you know he doesn't have a wife and kids he doesn't really have anything going for him, which is interesting. How I really mean Luke, this movie. Even, yeah Luke Luke yeah. So, so Luke main, yeah. main main character Rob is the guy that gets killed in the liquor store. Touch mm-hmm. um, Dom and what's the other one's name Phil. Bill. Phil's the Indian-looking uh, guy, the darker-skinned man. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Also, the most lackluster character in this entire show. He's the worst. I hate him. He just <laughs> is, he didn't even need to be there. To be very honest, he he held no value to the movie at all. Um, but you're right. You know, they're mentioning all like these weird trips that they've clearly been on Amsterdam and uh, where else they wanted to go. They wanted like, to go Aruba. to yeah Vegas, I think. Yeah, Vegas was mentioned mm-hmm. in it. Um, and then, you know, um, you come outside and you see one of the most relatable relatable scenes in our time of life now, especially since we're approaching 30. Um, everybody's like, dude, it's it's a weekday. It's a school night. I don't want to stay out and keep drinking. I'm going to be miserable tomorrow if we do. And yeah. then there's also a very, very tiny little Uber plug in there. I don't know if y'all heard that. I don't know if they, like, had to do it. I feel like Uber was, like, a portion. Like of one of the movie, sponsors, like, yeah. It. Maybe, yeah, but he's like, yeah, I'm not going to take an Uber. The Uber plug in there. And then uh, Rob and uh, – man, why I keep forgetting these guys' names? This is how – this is the only th- – this is the big problem I had with it. We didn't have enough background story from most everybody. I don't really yeah. remember their names. I can tell you. But Rob's the guy that dies. Luke is the main character or would be the main character. Phil's – better for lack of a better explanation, he's the Indian fella <laughs> or the darker-skinned yeah. fella. And Dom is the guy with glasses. And Hutch is kind of like the Boy Scout. He's, you know, yeah. he's real known about, I guess, the outdoors. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. The butler well, from Downton Abbey. 
Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, well, they go into the liquor store and, you know, just broing out. You know, you don't leave a bro to go by himself. So Buddy comes in with him, um, Luke and Rob. Um, Rob is a trooper, wants to help him out. They walk in to the most generic robbery in all of, like, the English, like, <laughs> just any time you think of, like, a European robbery, it's exactly what you think of. Two thugs on a weekday robbing a liquor store that's on a heavily a- traffic street. With a with knife, a thirty out. It's like a thirty-eight special, and it was not a bat. It was like a metal pipe. Oh, fuck! Why do you have a metal pipe with you? What the? That's a, such an English thing for some reason. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna fuck him up uh, right with a fucking metal pipe. That's exactly how that fucking went. It was super generic, and I thought it was funny how it was. Um, hit the vodka, and uh, Luke just you know immediately abandons his buddy almost. <laughs> Immediately, he's like, I'm going to hide behind this. Um, and Panics. instead of stepping up, like anybody else I feel like would have in that situation, I mean, it's two on two right there. One of them has a gun, but still, you got better odds because you don't know you're on the corner. Instead, he just watches his buddy get wasted while doing a very noble thing, you know, holding up his wedding ring and uh, not wanting to give that up. Just watches like an absolute puss bag behind the fucking thing. <laughs> Doesn't do anything. Has a chance to even save him because he gets hit twice. The first one, oh yeah, Knocks maybe a little in. bit of brain damage, definitely some you know cosmetic stuff going on. The second <laughs> one is what does him in when he's on the fucking ground. Oh yeah, and he um, comes across down on him. Yeah, and he even has the thought. He like flips over the vodka bottle. He's like smash it over his head or do something. He just fucking sits there, and it's so annoying to see that. I hate it. It was annoying. Um, yeah, it I really can, was. It really. I can give him that. Like. Cause he he you know he sees you he thinks about it when he looks at the the vodka balls like I, I can do something but then I guess the fear gets the best of him and he just locks he freezes up he's terrified you know the whole thing he's like he feels like a coward they reference you know him as a coward later on in the movie mm-hmm. and you know I guess from that moment on that's his biggest regret. Is you know he had the chance he could have done something, he just did not act on it or chose not to act on it out of fear. But you wonder why, like why he's so I guess hesitant and he's he has that mentality. I guess it shows because he's not he's the only one that's not married. He doesn't have like I guess a career or whatever. It's not stated that he does or he doesn't. He's you know still trying to live the bachelor life, so he doesn't have anything. I guess. Uh, I wouldn't say a value to him other than himself, but I mean, his friend's right there about to get murdered. I think that's accurate. I think what you just said is very accurate. He has nothing of value except himself, and that's why he didn't do anything. Like, that makes it seem like he had such like a a cushiony, pillowy life to where like that was like the pinnacle of it, and he chose to do nothing except for save himself is what he did. Yeah, unfortunately, and it, you know, obviously that haunts him, and that's kind of, you know. The prevailing character arc throughout the movie is him dealing with that regret and that pain of inaction because he was just too scared. And he's like, I I should have done something, but he didn't. Now, Kyle, you did watch the movie, right? Yes. Okay, cool. All right. I was just wondering because you were pretty quiet, and I want to know if you wanted to chime in at any point. I was just thinking. I'm thinking because part of me wants to – Part of me wants to argue back a little bit. Just give a little bit of pushback on y'all's nope. care. Please. Of, our, our of character Luke. analysis. 
So I don't think y'all are wrong, right? He's clearly a pussy. It's clearly he's suffering from the inaction, and he's clearly um, – th- th- that's really going to be the prevailing thing is that the, he knew he could have done something. He should have done something, and that's where the suffering comes from because he didn't take a stand. I w- the, the word that came to my mind was commitment issues. You know, he doesn't have a wife, no kids, really obscure job if he has one. Um, oh, there it is. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect timing. Um, but, 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 here's the but, is that I don't think anyone knows what they're going to do when they're in that situation. When you're, when you're staring down, when you're staring down a barrel, when you, you see two, two guys, even if they're, they're, they're just some junkies, like I, they could have taken them. For all they know, like Let's that gun couldn't even have been all loaded. The glass I know. I don't actually remember seeing the gun. I don't remember seeing a gun in their hand. I just saw the two bikes. It's like 38 special. That's all it is. And he doesn't even point it at him. He just points it down. Like it's just a a fucking two English wankers just roughing up this fucking (laughs) liquor store for a little bit of cash with a fucking metal pipe and a 38 special that they're not even going to use. Because clearly that guy was not going to shoot anybody. Yeah. Even the guy. If he did, he would have missed. But all I could think of in that situation, I was just like, I just start grabbing bottles and start eating them. But, but everyone thinks that they're going to do a certain thing until they're in the situation and you never know how you're going to react. Yeah. What you're going to do. I certainly think that I would have had the, the foundation necessary to, to, to Combat. do something. But yeah. you, you just don't know. That's you just true. don't know until you're there. And, and I'm that, skeptical of people who, who are like, oh, yeah, I would definitely do this and in, in high intensity. Like, are you sure? Yeah, because no one know. actually I just, knows. I get skeptical of people. Yeah, and that was going to be, like, I also had that thinking in my same time when Brady says, like, no, nah, he was just a pussy. I, I'm like, yeah, he was he was pretty cowardly. I ain't going to admit, especially when his friend's life was in danger. But at the same time, I'm thinking, like, put myself in his shoes. I'm, I don't know how I'd react. I would like to think I'd be virtuous enough to, like, act and try to defend myself and my friend or one of you guys if we were put in that situation. But I don't know if that would be my gut. Like I'd be able to act on it just like that. I'd like to think I would, but I don't know. It's like this whole thing. You don't know the true character of a person until they're tested, that kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. it's like, that's why I said I can't completely fault him because if I have to look at myself and, you know, analyze myself, put in that situation, I might very well do the same thing, but like I said, Kyle's the only one who has actually like combat training. So I highly believe Kyle would be ready <laughs> out of the three of us. Not to say that, you know, us, you know, me and Brady are pussies or anything, but <laughs> Kyle's would seem the most prepared we, because, we he's, are, but. because he's, because I mean, he's, that's, that's well, what kind on of that sets point. up his character arc though. It, it sets up the fact that he is the weakest and he only cares about himself. Like this is one of his oldest friends. One of the buddies that was just like, you know what, fuck it. It's a weekday. I'll still come in the fucking liquor store with you and buy a bottle. But instead of doing anything, he chose to save himself, which I completely understand. And I agree with the fact that you don't know what you're going to do until you're in the moment. But if it was one of y'all, I'm doing, I'm like rolling the bottle, like making noise, doing something. God damn. I know. Pocket sand. <laughs> pocket yeah. sand. Yeah. You can put, pull a Dale Gribble, son. Ah, so you won't do it and throw the bottle at him. <laughs> Praise hell, praise hell, let's go. 
anyway, so on the on the point of uh, you mentioned like you know I would be more prepared. One of the things I, I when we were talking about this, I thought of was I, I just watched a Leo recap. I think it was Donut Operator was doing a little breakdown, and he pointed out an incident where this officer, whenever there was a an encounter that he had, drew his weapon and <clears> only fired once. And he, I don't know if this is true or not. I don't know anything about law enforcement strategies or what they train. But the way that, that Donut was talking about it was that no one's trained to just pull the trigger once. And so it shows that even though he's had training for these encounters, that he wasn't prepared for that eventuality of having to draw his, his sidearm to, to you know, do whatever it is he had to do. Yeah. And so even then, even when you think you're trained, even when you, you just never know until you're there, um, but I definitely don't want this to sound like I'm disagreeing with y'all's overall uh, assessment of Luke. No, I it got definitely you. sets the groundwork okay. for his for his, uh, his character, uh, character arc. arc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay. definitely agree. And it just kind of seems like the these are just old friends that are definitely fallen, like just falling apart. Like they've fallen out, ship yeah. wise. Yeah, they have. They're definitely not as close. But like I said, it all just goes into that's why. I still like the movie a lot because it sets it sets his character arc instead of giving us a backstory, which is nice because, you know, a lot of times when they don't give you a backstory, you're like, this is an absolute shit movie, but it's not. So, yeah. And I guess starting it off with such a dramatic uh, first scene, I guess, into like any type of horror or graphic imagery, it also like gives you like an emotional reaction to it. You're like, oh, Jesus and as we can, you know, we've all given our opinion. We all thought something differently about that scene and about how the movie is set up, which I guess is a good way to start a movie. You don't grab them just with, like, visuals and action and intensity. You grab them, like, emotionally and psychologically right from the beginning, and you're, like, you're drawn in. You're, like, oh, okay, like, I, I like I can get into it now. It's almost like instantly you're, like, committed to, like, I have to see what happens. Like, what's going to happen? Even from, like, the trailer or the poster, you're like, the ritual, it's a weird way to start, you know, to set up something that has to do with, like, um, supernatural kind of material to set it up in this way. But, yeah, like I said, it's all for the character arc. I agree. So the very next scene, Brady, you made a comment about this when we were doing, like, the 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 pre-conversation of this, you mentioned whether or not this thing took place as it were, or if it was a dream. And I hadn't thought of it being a dream, but it does follow the theme of the movie of these dreams and having, having weird flashbacks. And so maybe it was, was it in that first opening scene that when he looks at the mm -hmm. bottle of vodka, he sees the blood floating on the inside of it? No, no, that, that's, that's a that's not in the scene. Yeah, that's that all the other flashbacks. Yeah, it's, it's in one of the other flashbacks that he has. I think it's in the second or third one that he has. He because uh, okay. like right from that scene, it goes to him, you know, his friend dying and bleeding out, and the guys running off, and then it's him waking up in a tent. Luke waking up in a tent. He's like, oh shit, realizing like it's his. It's also a very traumatic memory he has. So much so that it's plagued his dreams. Like, it's all he dreams about now is, like, this event and how much pain and stuff he he has for it. Which does play into what I believe is the reason he's 
chosen or marked by, you know, the creature in the movie. <clears throat> but, you know, we'll get to that as we progress. So I are, are we ready to talk about the mark? Because uh, I'm ready to talk about the mark. Uh, not yet. Let's, uh, okay. I guess, walk our way through the movie. So he wakes up in the tent. They're in northern Sweden. I believe that's what the little title thing says whenever he comes out of his tent. And, you know, it's it's Phil, Hutch, Dom, and Luke now. They've all decided to take this trip that Rob wanted to go on. And I remember thinking that um, Rob mentioned it while they were at the table, but no one really kind of paid attention. And then when he's talking to uh, Luke in the liquor store, He's like, I think we should go on a hike, man. Like, I really think we should do this. Like, it, it it's different from what we've done in the past. I think this would be really good because it's it, it'd just be the five of us out there in the wilderness, you know, in nature. Like, I think it'd be great. And obviously, you know, tragedy befalls him. So they go on this camping trip. And the thing is, now that they're on this this hiking trip, the main, I guess... I would say Rob is kind of like the central friend that kind of keeps them all together because now they're kind of doing this only to honor him because it was like, you know, what he wanted to do. And so now that you've kind of removed that core friend or that core character that kind of kept everybody together, there's this weird dissonance between all of them. Even though they're friends with each other, you feel the gap that was noticeable in the beginning how they just, you know, talk to each other and no one really wanted to go with Luke to the liquor store or whatever. But Rob, being the good friend that he is, went with him. But now that Rob's out of the picture, there's there's just a bigger, I felt like there was a bigger distance between the, you know, the rest of them, the four of them. Maybe not Hutch. Yeah. Hutch seemed pretty, still wanted, seemed to be pretty close to Luke. Whereas yeah. Phil and Dom, for sure, he even admits it later, like he somehow blames Luke for what happened to Rob. Mm-hmm. But anyways, yeah, they wake up. Say, yeah. 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 And Hutch, Hutch and Rob were like the glue to that like five-man like friendship right there. And after Rob was gone, it just kind of starts falling apart. Other sure. than this, you know, this, uh, I guess, ceremony they're trying to do for Rob to take him up there and yeah. put his ashes up there and put a memory of him on the mountain. So, hmm and yeah, they do that. They, you know, which I thought was kind of funny, like, because I watched this with my wife and when we got to that scene, you know, they all take a swig from the the whiskey flask and then Hutch just straight up pours the rest of it out on the ground. I was like, hey, yo, that's a good waste of scotch. Oh. What a waste. <laughs> yeah. And my wife said, she's like, hey, yo, you wasted all the booze. I'm like, well, it's all for it's all for Rob. I mean, I don't know if that's like customary. They all podcasting oh, anyways podcasting. <laughs> podcasting noted please close the door thank you wow nice anyways disruptions everywhere i know messes up the flow where was i but anyways yeah they he poured hutch pours out the rest of the liquor my wife was like yeah you're wasting the rest of the liquor dude i'm like well it was for Rob anyway, so I don't know if it's customary for everyone to take the sip and then the rest get poured out for the dead homie. I don't know if that's how that works. Damn, dead homie got drunk, man. He got him drunk. And it's <laughs> funny because, you know, flasks don't pour out very fast. It was just like... Not a real <laughs> really slow, just slow like a dribble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this movie <clears throat> definitely has like a couple little like comedic 
like parts that I just love. I love that that one's one of them, and then we'll get to the one later on, which yeah. is my absolute favorite one. And I felt like the one you're going to talk about was like kind of like ridiculously placed, but Alfalo was needed because there was oh, such yeah. amount of attention. It was just like wow, that was a weird comedic relief moment. Mm-hmm. But anyways, so they they do that. And now they're wanting to track back to the lodge, I guess, wherever they're staying. And they look how far it is. And as they're hiking, I guess, the path back to the lodge, Dom, the guy with glasses, which I say is the biggest friggin' wimp of them all, in my opinion, even more than Luke, <clears throat> falls, hurts his knee, and then can, can proceeds to make it like a huge deal. <laughs> Which I'm not gonna lie, yeah, hurting your knee. Liability on that trip, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And even Luke and Hutch like say so when they kind of talk privately. He's like, "Yeah, he's not gonna fucking stop moaning about it until we get you know mm-hmm. back to the lodge." He's like, "You think it's as bad as it says?" He's like, "I know it's not as bad as he says. <laughs> it's most certainly not. Yeah, it's bad. most yeah, it's most certainly not as bad as he says." Yeah, he was like, "Damn, it, it could be my meniscus." <laughs> yeah, like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, you just know, you felt, you know, it's immediately your meniscus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, so, you know, Dom hurts his knee and they're like, wow, it's a, it's a long walk back to the lodge. But there's a shortcut that Hutch thinks he finds that takes him through the forest. It should be, you know, it should save him half the day to go straight through the forest and come out the other side on the, you know, where the lodge is. And they're like, okay. Fuck it. We know Luke and Hutch kind of make the decision between the two of them. We're going to take this route. And, you know, we'll just do our best to put up with Dom being a bitch about his knee. So they go into the... And this is something I noticed. I didn't know if it was prevalent or not to, like, the, uh, you know a sign, like an omen, like a foreshadowing thing. When they're walking into the forest, Hutch takes out his his, uh, his compass and he looks at it. And I want to say, like, it's not being accurate. It's just kind of mm-hmm. floating all over the place. I had a big issue with that. <laughs> okay. A big issue with the way he was. He held it almost vertical, trying to read. I mean, it wasn't quite vertical. It was yeah. well over but a 45-degree was... angle. You got you to keep him flat, my man. <laughs> So he's like, it's, it's not working. <laughs> I, I almost lost it, dude. I couldn't. <laughs> Fun fact. Yeah. Definitely. Luke, Luke, Luke was a pussy, but honest to God, everybody else on the trip was the real liability. Like if they Dom didn't get hurt and this motherfucker could read a compass, they might not be in a bad spot, to be very honest. I know. And it was Hutch's idea to that he found the shortcut and wanted to take it. In the first place, and he kind of convinces Luke, all right, well, fucking let's go, you know. If it'll keep us from having to hear Dom, you know, bitch and moan for any longer than we have to, let's take it. Hey, Dom actually comes, he hits him with some truth, though. He's like, Hutch, if if this was, they don't call it a shortcut. If it was a shortcut, it'd be called a route, you dumbass. (laughs) I'm like, I mean, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. You're fucking right. Because they walk for a good, almost a full day and still don't make it through. But I'm thinking it's because freaking Hutch, supposedly the, you know, the Boy Scout that he is, can't read a fucking compass, right? (laughs) (laughs) Or can't properly use a compass. Like Kyle said, he keeps holding it up in front of his face. And so he ends up getting them lost. They do something so stupid after that. I'm sorry. I have such an issue. Like, I've been camping several times before. 
If I'm taking a shortcut and I run up an old rickety shack that probably shouldn't be there, I'm not going in. I'm not going in there. To like, be I don't know. Stop. They're just like, get out of the rain. Let's get out of the rain. No, fuck you. Let's keep fucking walking. <laughs> what the fuck? Negative goes from right. not in rain like that. I'd have, I'd have went in that. I would have went that. Much. Plus, they're already that's freaked just- out because earlier that day while they're hiking, they come across that fucking deer that's strung up in the trees, yeah. gutted mm-hmm. and stuff. That that scene, whenever they, they walk up on it, like the whole reason why they're on this detour, they mm-hmm. see the mutilated animal and they keep going. For a minute, I had a flashback to the very first horror story I wrote, the na- the, the Natchez. That's right. That's Remember right. Because yeah. we, we were... We were I, You're trying to be deep and philosophical <laughs> with it and be like uh, Mephistopheles yeah, and shit. It, Mephistopheles. Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a terrible attempt. It was an awful, awful story. But that's what it reminded me of. And I was like, dude, this is my story. And then <laughs> it's only that little bit that's similar. Yeah. But look, let's let's put our let's put us in this situation. We walk up on some trees like tagged with like pagan Norse like words, and then we see this like reverse blood eagled like elk or deer. What are we doing? We're getting the fuck out. We going right back to the way we came. I'm not gonna keep pushing into this bitch. Oh, I'm like, like, this is a good sign for us to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, just turn around. Fuck it. We're already a half a day in. Let's fucking take the half day. Get the fuck away from this. <laughs> yeah. Out of here. And we'll just take the long way around. Like that's the first sign well, they need to get out of Dodge. Mm-hmm. To to Hutch's point you do have a, like a certain amount of time like with an injury and they don't really know how bad it is it's most certain he's making it out to be but it could be bad and then if there's you know other things going on so you do want to try to get out highly recommend staying on the the terrain though because have y'all ever watched missing 411 any of those episodes yes yeah i've watched a couple of them yeah oh i thought you were about to say no I'll lose my mind <laughs> anyway yeah that's like number one don't don't leave the trail I know. Don't leave the trail. But if you're going to leave the trail, be sure you know how to read a compass. Yeah. yeah. Well, like Dom says, if it was really a shortcut, it would just been called a path. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I said, like, I don't know. Just as soon as I'm seeing pagan lettering and Norse lettering on fucking trees etched in, I'm like, guys, we're getting bad vibes here. Let's dip. Let's go back the way we know. fucking came. Because it was still light outside when they saw that. So I'd have been like, perfect. Let's go back. <laughs> I know. But, you know, they kept pushing forward, and what happens? A storm rolls in, and it starts raining its ass off. So I'm with Kyle on that. As the the freaking conditions they were in, I'd be seeking shelter, too, even if it was only temporary for, like, until the storm blew over or whatever. Ugh. Yeah. Anyways, then, then they get in that motherfucker and bad shit. Uh, first <laughs> off, I always thought that that house, the the dimensions of the house from the outside didn't make a lot of sense of how much room was on the inside because they start walking upstairs and there's like different rooms. I'm like, that ha- that like little like shack didn't look that big. Where the fuck are you going upstairs? At, but <laughs> I know there's a whole loft a- upstairs with two separate yeah. rooms in it. Like the fuck. Mm-hmm. Because and yeah, you walk into one with somebody like a straw mannequin getting blood eagled. You're like, oh, man, this we should definitely stay here. No, we get the fuck out. We leave. God damn, dude, these plenty of times for to get the fuck out of there. But no. And what is Phil I'd, say? I'd have slept with. Uh, I'd have slept with a little little uh, the twig man uh, 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 scarecrow thing upstairs. Fuck oh yeah, no. I'd have been. What was his name? Luke. I would have been Phil. Yeah, Phil. Yeah. Well, he's the one. Phil's the one that finds it. 
Oh, like where he's worshiping it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Phil's the one that says he's like, I'll give you guys a thousand pounds, whoever sleeps up there with that fucking thing. And they're like, no, no way. No. <laughs> a reasonable answer. I know. Yeah. But Brady has a point there. Like for the size of that shack, it should not have been that roomy on the inside. For real. God damn. There was also, even- who lived in that motherfucker? I guess. So I also <clears throat> kind of think that that was the home of the demigod, the animal, the monster, whatever we're going to yeah. call it. It's technically a demigod. What did they say? It's like the bastard son of, of Loki. Loki. It's, which also yeah. really kind of threw me off because Loki only technically had three sons. He had Jormungandr, the serpent of the the uh, world serpent. He had Hell, which was uh, the demoness of or the demigod of the underworld. And then he had uh, what was the other one? There's one more. Um, I have no idea. I'm not well read on my Norse mythology. Kyle, look it up. Um, Fenrir, the wolf. Those are, oh, those are okay. his three sons. Those are the only ones that are ever talked about in Norse mythology. So, like some weird bastard son, like that was. I was like, that threw me the fuck off because I went through this like really weird phase of like really like into <laughs> Viking shit. Like I tried to learn how to like speak like Icelandic and shit like that. Like I went, it, I went through it. Like I knew like the <laughs> chance they did around. You went the fire deep in the rabbit hole. It was a phase. I, I think, <laughs> yeah, I, was, I think I have an old Norse book on my on my bookshelf in the living room. No, it's old English. I lied. It's old English. But I was reading uh, or watching a review, and one of the things that the guy pointed out was that this isn't actually based off of uh, the the Loki. It's based off of H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah, it's that's what the author of the book based it off of. What was that? It's uh, cosmic. Yeah, like the author of the book horror, that yeah. this. Yeah, and hang on, I sent it. I sent the text to y'all. It was probably way out of context. Um, yeah, it was way out of context. Where is it? Oh, uh, H.P. Lovecraft, was, the the Black Goat of the Woods or something like that? Black Goat of the Woods. Black Goat of the Woods. It was one of the ancient ones, oh. allegedly. I didn't do any further research on that. Actually, let's look it up. But Interesting. Um, okay. I was going to say. Yeah, so it's an H.P. Lovecraft like, horror inspired if it was based off of actual loki so i'm like so did loki like go into the forest and fuck fuck like some deer or elk <laughs> shit and like that's what it was because that's what it looks like like it yeah it's like he just it's like, got horns like god like steaming inside of some sort of like weird like elk or something and it's just kind of living in there with its little hands yeah by the way creepy. this being for this being a netflix movie honest to god it's pretty well made like graphics wise and that monster was terrifying it was absolutely terrifying yeah the creature design was really really something special in my opinion i thought it was really great and unique creature mm-hmm. design but not to get too far you know off topic and into the future <clears throat> so while they're in this freaking shack they all have an experience because they all end up eventually falling asleep after they find the freaking straw scarecrow looking thing that is so for some I did notice like they focused on the feet a lot mm-hmm. and it was like duck feet, which yeah, I thought was weird. Like some weird animal. Yeah, I don't know if that plays in anywhere else, but it's something I did notice that they specifically made a point whenever they're leaving the room, they do that shot where they're real close to like the feet, the feet of the animal as you know the light fades from the room and they close the door. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but anyways, they all fall asleep. And 
we go right into uh, Luke's dream that he has, and he's just reliving the dream he had the night before where he's in the liquor store, Phil's laying on the ground dying, and I believe this is where, you know, he's holding the vodka bottle again, and he sees the drop of blood in it. <clears throat> and that's, I guess, when he kind of comes to, and uh, he's standing out in the middle of the woods, and something runs off from him, like, real fast. And, you know, he feel, looks down, and he's bleeding from his chest, and he has the mark on him. Now, yeah. you guys have any idea what that might symbolize or what that is? I know, Kyle, well, you said something one, about it. One problem I fucking have is uh, if you're sleeping in an unknown shack in the middle of clearly some sort of fucked up forest, <laughs> if a light comes through the window, I'm going right back to sleep. I don't know why <laughs> the fuck you get up and go check on this fucking fluorescent light outside. You go back to sleep. Everybody knows that. Just go back to sleep, man. Don't go check that shit out. Are you stupid? <laughs> and then he doesn't even really attempt. He's like, guys, guys. Nobody says anything. Goes outside. Why? Why are you doing this? <laughs> you didn't even protect your buddy with a fucking vodka bottle when he's getting actually robbed. So you're just going to go investigate this fucking bright fluorescent light outside? What the fuck is wrong with uh, this guy? After you, Isn't they, that dream, though? That's that's the thing. It's like I his thought that dream. was part of the dream. He, like, it, he like dr- wakes up in the dream. Like, in, in his dream, he wakes up. But he... Like after the whole encounter in the fluorescent whatever and the, the 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 flashback, he then wakes up again with the mark, and then he's like screaming at everyone. Everyone else is losing their mind. One guy pees in his pants. The other guy is like crying in a corner, and then guy number four is upstairs worshiping a yeah, straw the person, idol. the idol, butt ass naked, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Like. I feel for Phil, the guy who was upstairs, like, naked, worshiping this thing completely, like, which is weird. I don't know why he was holding his hand up like that and, you know, bowed before it, which maybe that plays into, you know, like, the creature requires you to bow to it to, like, as some sign of worship. But so that's one of that's one of my issues that I haven't really been able to wrap my head around with this particular, like, the consistency. I don't know if maybe it's more clear in the book, but... Probably so you is. have the he's marked. So the question becomes, well, why is he marked? There's it alludes later in the movie that the mark has to do with the the god seeing that, that you have a, a lot of suffering, almost like he feeds off of the suffering. Yes. So that's, does that mean that thought. these other guys experiencing the the horror, like their their nightmares, is that like not as much? Like are they just not suffering as much? Which I think sort of in a weird way, like counteracts the the statement earlier about him having a very soft life. You would think that he wouldn't have. I don't know. I don't know. It's just weird. And the other issue that I have with the mark and that whole scene is the scene of Phil praying. Because later in the movie, they say that the only way to get around it is if you, you have to bow. Yeah. But maybe it's only the chosen who bow live. And then if you're not chosen about, you just get you just get stomped. But he's praising this this monster, and when he wakes up from his nightmare, he's praising the statues. Yeah. So wouldn't he wouldn't Be, he get to yeah. live? But he doesn't live. And it's so just weird. I, have, I haven't really been. Able to I have a couple that out. touch points too. I have a couple touch points to exactly what Kyle says. First off, this demigod is a, is a it's a dreamcaster. I think if we go look in the book, I think it's gonna it's gonna say because. The demigod can it can it can project those dreams because they weren't technically dreams. It was all happening, mm-hmm. but the demigod can project it as we see later on. 
it projects to Dom when he's getting sacrificed and stuff like that. And I think what the demigod does is it preys off of the weakest. It preys off of the person who's going to worship him because this demigod seems like it thrives off of worship from people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it shows through the dreams who would be the weakest and who would submit, submit. to him. Even though Phil yeah. was upstairs, he still had qualities that you know the demigod didn't want. But you know, this uh, all Luke goes being outside. Yeah, and maybe that all pertains back to Luke not really having anything personally to live for other than himself, his own, you know, de- his own desires. Like he doesn't have, yeah, family or anything. Whereas Dom, he gets plagued with the dream. You know, he when Luke comes in from outside and waking everybody up, he's in the corner screaming, Gail, 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 which is his wife's name. And later, you know, he says, like, I was just dreaming of my wife. Like, I, I don't know why I was dreaming of her and I was just screaming her name, which I didn't understand what Phil's dream was because it made him worship or whatever, like submit to it. And this is where I agree with Brady because that, it seems like Phil didn't really have any type of yeah. backstory or character. Filler character. They just needed somebody else in there, but he had no, he just had no structure to the entire story. I didn't think. Me neither. I, I agree with that, but I don't know that you necessarily need backstory. Now that you've explained what you explained, Brady, I'm 100% on board, and I think that makes a lot of sense. Everyone else had something in their life. Uh, okay, well, okay, so everyone had a, a great purpose in life. He oh. didn't, Phil. Phil didn't have, uh, what happened? Oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Phil doesn't have a purpose, so he worships, but he also didn't suffer enough to be chosen and yeah. so the demigod wants to choose uh, Luke, Luke, because yeah. he has no purpose, and he but has, he's also suffered a great deal. So he yeah. thinks he would be the subject. Okay. Yeah, he would be the one I, most I, I, susceptible to being, yeah, subjected and following and worshiping. You know, the demigod. Interesting. This is all coming together. This is really great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so Brady definitely got the most <laughs> into this movie. Yeah. Oh, I, I have an, I have a whole other subsection that we need to talk about after this because it happens right after this, and I'm about to connect okay. something that I didn't connect during the movie that I think I just connected now. So, gotcha. All right, well, all right, then, let's do it. Moving right along, after all this happens, they're like, "We're getting the fuck out of here. We need to find our way back." They kind of agree, it's like, "We're it's time to turn around. Like it's time to go." And I think Hutch is the only one that's continues is like, "No, if we just stick on the shortcut, we'll be done. We'll be out of here." In half a day or whatever. He's like, you said that yesterday, Hutch, you piece of shit. <laughs> and then and so Dom, Dom goes back on his shit, though, because he's like, there's a clear path right here. We're going to follow this. I'm like, OK, clearly something made this path that's very large, over 10 foot tall. And we're just going to follow that motherfucker. God, you're going back on your words here, bud. <laughs> I know. So if we ever go hiking, if we ever go hiking and, and we end up in a situation like this <laughs> and someone tries to go off on their own, I'm just, I'm I'm leaving you. I will leave you. I'm, totally understandable. I'm not doing this. I'm not playing this game with y'all. Yeah. <laughs> I would also probably talk to you guys about the dream where I got murdered too. I would definitely be like, hey, let's actually talk about this. I feel comfortable because, enough to talk about the weird shit that happened last yeah. night. <laughs> because I think that's only like Phil's like kind of reasonable like characters because he tries to get everyone to talk to. He's like, are we just not going to talk about this shit? I had a really fucked up dream, dude. And I woke up worshiping a fucking scarecrow. Like, are we just not going to talk? Like, he was, you know, everybody else kind of seemed in denial. And he was the only one, like, being rational. It's like, we need to talk about this. 
like I need to talk about this, but no one else wants to hear it. Like everyone just shut the fuck up. That didn't happen. We're getting out of here. <laughs> yeah, they're not that yeah, close to friends. They're really I know yeah. they can't be. I'm like, and that I guess that goes more toward like where their friendship they start to separate from each other because they're both they've all experienced something crazy. And they still don't have a close enough bond anymore to communicate with it a bit and talk about it or be sincere because no one wants to to deal with it. Interesting. Yeah, no, this this is where the army gets it right. You know, trauma bonding. It's great. <laughs> talk about you see something, you say something, god damn it. I just <laughs> pissed my pants and had a weird dream. Let's talk about it right now. <laughs> no, Straight up, like I would want to. I'd be like, no, we're not fucking moving past this like it didn't happen guys we have to talk yeah. about it yeah something not so cool happened last yeah. night <laughs> yeah jonah hill from this is the end something yeah. not so chill happened last night guys <laughs> uh okay so right dom decides to follow this path hutch is like no we need to stay on you know going i think southwest that's the only way out of the forest but dom says fuck that my knee hurts I'm getting out of here. This is a clear path that I see. I'm following it, which is obviously, I believe, was made by the creature to lead them further into the forest, you know, away from the right way to go. So they're following this path. And as they're walking, they can see or Hutch is explaining to Luke. It's like, as long as we keep heading, you know, in the southwest direction, we'll make it through the forest and out the other side. And we're not far. Um. And he explains to Luke, he's like, you see the sunrise over that ledge? And obviously, you know, on the part of the forest they're on, there's this huge hill and there's sunlight coming through the trees at the top of the hill. And he's like, you know, that's, you know, I guess the opposite direction or where as long as you follow the sunlight southwest, we'll be fine. So eventually they have to stop because Dom is just, you know, not having it anymore. His knee's killing him. And Luke and Hutch are just like, Dom, you're going to have to put, you're going to have to keep going, mate. You can't just fucking give up. You got to, you got to bear, you know, work, fight through the pain a little bit. He's like, I'm in fucking agony. (laughs) What's he say? Yeah. You're in agony or you're just in discomfort. Yeah. Be really honest. What's your pain level? (laughs) Because we need to get the fuck out. (laughs) Yeah. They, they totally still think like Dom is freaking milking it, which I don't blame them being as freaked out as they are. It's like, we don't want to stop. Like you have to fight through. If we're going to get out of here, fight through that pain, brother. We gotta get out. <laughs> oh, but I mean, they so they they fight through to like what nighttime again? Yeah, it's um, getting dark Luke again. Luke goes and sees in the clearing, and he sees the animal. Which also, I hate it. I guess I'm not very good at like looking at it. You can see the creature when Luke's up there, but I can't focus on where it's at in the trees. I had to rewind yeah. it twice, and I still couldn't see it. <laughs> what it is is like he goes up to the the ledge, right? Because he's like, "Fuck this," because you know Dom's. Adam and he's like, I'm stopping. He's like, fuck this. I'm going up to the ledge to see if there's a clearing at this clearing at the top of the hill where I can see the sunlight. So he goes up there and it's just another grove of a bunch of freaking trees. And he's like, oh, damn it. So he's all pissed. And as he's sitting there, he kind of staring off into the woods. You know, the camera starts doing that cool, crazy thing where it zooms in. Mm-hmm. And the creatures is there the whole time. You don't see it until the very end. And it's such a slight movement. And all it is is the creature's hand. Moving from, you know, it's holding onto a tree like that, and it just moves yeah. behind the tree. It's just its hand. Mm-hmm. But he sees that, and he's like, oh, shit. And then I guess he sees, like, a figure, something shift through, I guess, the silhouettes of the trees. And he's like, fuck that. And that's when he books it back down to the hill. 
Oh, and he, he's like, he also walked way too far away, by the way. There was a point to where he like stopped for a little bit and then kept going. I'm like, dude, that's too far, man. You're walking exactly. too far away like, from your friends. One, I know. Once he got up to the ledge and saw like it was just nothing but trees, I would have just stopped there and turned right around and went back to my friends. But he's like, no, he walks further into this grove or into this you know crop of trees. I'm like, that's a terrible idea. You're getting further away from the people you came with. <laughs> You're going to end up yeah. lost yourself. Like, damn. So then they end up camping out again, huh? Because it, it, nighttime falls. And like I said, this just bothers me because I'm close enough friends with you guys. If we're camping and some shit's going down like that, we all staying in one fucking tent. I'm not staying in five separate 15 yards apart tent type stuff, man. Like, we're staying in the same fucking tent. Fuck that shit. I'm not staying in, no, I'm not staying in my own solid tent to hear some fucked up shit going on. Oh, yeah. And like Hutch pretty much... But while they're getting, you know, set up for camp, Hutch pulls Luke aside and is like, all right, so this is what's going to happen. Once again, Hutch taking me, acting as the leader of the group now, like making the hard choice. He's like, I'm going to send you on since you're in the best shape of all of us, which I find is really ironic because fucking Luke is smoking through this whole movie. I'm like, how is he in the best shape? He's been smoking. He's the only one smoking cigarettes. (laughs) I'm like, there's no way this guy can outrun these other guys well maybe dom because of the fucked up knee but still but hutch makes the choice like um, you can just head southwest until you get out of the forest you'll find the lodge and have some someone come back and get me dom and phil because i guess uh while they're setting up camp hutch and you know checks on dom's knee and it is actually kind of fucked up it's all red and bruised and shit yeah so i guess we were a little too harsh on dom he really did fuck up his knee pretty bad he did tear that meniscus <laughs> yeah he should be doing calisthenics guy needs to be in shape <laughs> you're going on a fucking hike <laughs> and that's the thing like i think he mentioned that earlier it's like your wife will never believe you actually went on this hike he's like i fucking can't believe it myself yeah obviously saying he's like i'm not in shape for this yeah, and then they all go to sleep, and then so this is something I was kind of wondering. For a second, I thought that uh, Luke was off the sauce after that situation. Like I thought after that, like he was off the sauce. But he pulls out a bottle, which I'm pretty sure is alcohol. Yeah, I don't it's know like, if y'all remember that one. But it I was like a tin. I, did yeah. he take a drink of it? No, he just pulled it out like he's looking at it, and that's when he like he hears some shit off in the woods, and he's like, oh, "What the fuck is that?" But uh, yeah. maybe you're right. Maybe there's a cue that, like, you know, he's still on the sauce. He's still drinking. So he see him pull it out. He kind of contemplates it. I thought it was water, honestly. It didn't occur to me to think yeah. that it was alcohol. Yeah. Or maybe it was even, like, the vodka that, like, Rob, that he was going in for Rob. He just carries it with him to, like, as an everyday reminder. Which yeah. right after that, he is, again, a huge pussy when the fucking <laughs> creature comes into camp. He like unzips it. First off, big balls for unzipping. Your yeah. Tent when you hear After shit you like hear that. some shit like that, I'm like, I'm not fucking opening that tent, buddy. I can tell you that right Damn now. No. And the, <laughs> this is great sound design because they made that fucking zipper so loud. I was like, God, it's so loud. Man, this energy drink has got me wired. Good, good. Yeah. Good. Ghost energy drink. Get you through these long podcast sessions. Wired. Wired. Yeah, so guys, I am on. Also, go ahead, I was just gonna say I'm on a research mission. <laughs> like I am, I am glued. So it started with the question of where is King's Trail. So I'm on Google Maps. I've got like my map out, everything. I'm like measuring <laughs> distance. King's Trail. 
Kungsleden in the northern part. If you're talking about like, I don't know, maybe this isn't the actual King's Trail. Like you, you look up King's Trail, it comes up with this name, this location. It's only 10 miles. So I was about to go on a rant about how these guys got lost on a 10 mile hike. I was going to lose it. But it turns out like a little bit further north, there is like, it's just right on the other side of this little lake, this little body of water. And it's a big. Well, I forest. guess that's where they're supposed to be at. It's huge. Like it, it goes through. Shoot, where is it at? There's an airport, but it looks like it's mostly research stations. But like you can hike a, a massive trail up there. Maybe that's where it's supposed to be at. And they just called it Kings Laden. Mm. There's a national park, Sarek National Park. I don't know. I don't know. It didn't look quite that mountainous. It did kind of look like a little bit of the terrain there at, at, at Kings Laden, but. All I'm saying, need to go. I'm down. <laughs> Y'all want to do it? it? You know we're not fucking doing. <laughs> we're staying <laughs> on the goddamn trails. Yeah, that's the, that's the damn sure. And the minute any of you motherfuckers decide, it's like, hey, wait, let's take this shortcut. If it's not, if it was called a shortcut, it would just been called a path. I'm with Dom. Yeah. As soon <laughs> as we see a fucking reverse blood eagle buck. Hanging up in the trees. We out. We're gone, guys. We're fucking. We need to leave. I know. We think. Hmm, well, we have we've a, seen this. We before. have a distinct advantage over them. Yeah, we know. We've I know learned how to read a map. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, we got a guy that can actually read a compass and then read a map. Which, I, for the most part, to Hutch's credit, he was right. He was reading like the map and everything right because at the end, you know, Luke does make it out going the way mm-hmm. Hutch told him to go. Anyways, where were we? Uh, I forgot where we are in the story. Oh, I mean, the, oh they're yeah, just, they're camping. They're camping that night, and basically, the demigod dreamcast again because it, it it lets it lets Luke see like the dream. Yeah, like, when he at comes the end out of the of tent, it, you yeah. see Hutch's tent like get like fly off. That's not what actually happens. When he comes to, he comes out of the tent and Phil lackluster filler filibuster character that didn't even need to be there it's like oh it took him it took him and he's like what the fuck are you talking about right. and also dom's fucking sleeping good sleep <laughs> <laughs> he must be on some painkillers or something man because like how do yeah. you sleep through some shit because when he comes out of the tent phil's screaming his head off ah! in mm. there in the middle of the camp he's like what the fuck happened what happened it took him it took hutch it yeah. took hutch also, they give up on looking for Hutch real quick. I was actually really disappointed. They're like, oh, it's dark. Ah, we'll look for him later. Let's go back to camp. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck, man? Well, so- they did get lost oh. twice, and I think they said they yeah. wanted to go and grab the supplies before they went any further because they've already been lost two, three times by this mm-hmm. point. So I thought it made a little bit of sense. Which also, I actually don't, did they, I don't think they actually ever made it back to camp. No. I don't think they did. They turned they around. They stayed in one spot and like never went back to camp because the light came out and that's when they went and discovered what happened to Hutch. <laughs> yeah, because I think them trying to find Hutch in the middle of the night made them get lost. So they obviously couldn't find their way back to camp. So they just hunkered down in one spot, which fucking mm-hmm. sucks. Like, yeah, out out in the elements in the in the cold freaking forest, just sitting like, under under a tree with your little flashlight all night, like. You know, yeah. damn sure none of them slept. I'm pretty sure oh, Phil hasn't no. slept since, you know, 
the freaking shack. Anyways, he's been. Oh, like, he's been looking sick. That's the other thing. He was looking sickly like that whole time. He looked like he had like the flu or some shit, man. It was just he was just a wild character in there. It was. And then they they come about to see Hutch again, which I think it's really weird that like this may not be based directly off of like Norse mythology stuff, but everybody is bl- is reverse blood eagle. I don't know. Do you guys know what a blood eagle is? I, it I, was I, like. Cut the back and you pull the, the lungs yeah, out. Sacrifice the sacrificial thing that you would do back in like Norse mythology, back with the Vikings and stuff like that, which actually happened. It's a way to enter Valhalla without, I think, without dying, dying in battle. Mm. Um, and what they do, you have to, you cannot, you cannot say a thing, you cannot speak, you can't scream, you can't do anything, or you don't get to go. But it's basically like a punishment, but to still let somebody to go to Valhalla where they literally tear open your skin, like your full skin on your back and they remove like both of your livers and both of your lungs and like hang them up. And then you just slowly die without saying a word. If you do that, you get to enter Valhalla. But in this, in this movie, nobody's actually blood eagled the reverse. They it's from the front. Their front is opened up, which I think is really weird. I don't know why they did that. It's an interesting concept. Yeah. Like, especially if this is an HP Lovecraft uh, book that this is based off of. They're just doing it like a little bit backwards just to kind of show the Norse mythology from it, but like mm-hmm. doing it just in a different manner. That's true. That's an interesting thing. I never really yeah, considered yeah. the reverse. Yeah, body. I was never really able to understand what the face body thing on this creature was supposed to be because it was like an elk, but it looked like it was a, it was a torso humans. And you had like the torso. Yeah. And you had like the feet up that was supposed to be the ant- antlers, but then you had a torso that was like twisted and, it was weird. Yeah. It mm-hmm. was the the creature is very I I don't I'm very like impressed with whoever like came up with the design of the creature because it's definitely weird because like inside of like the front chest cavity was the actual demigod with the yellow eyes that had the hands that could touch you. Yeah, the and I guess that's hands. where like the magic came from. Yeah. Interesting concept. But they find Hutch, obviously. Somehow they freaking get him down from this tree, which I don't know how. Like yeah, he was way the fuck up there. Yeah, I mean, ten feet up in a tree. I don't know how the fuck they got him down. I mean, you guys are you know my two best friends. I would try my best to get you down from uh from the tree if one of you guys were eviscerated in such a manner. But at some point, I'm just like, I'm sorry, bud. <laughs> we need to get out of here. You seem safer up there. You seem way safer up there. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I need like. Demean your body and try to like I'm throwing rocks or something to get your shit to fall down. <laughs> like seriously, like ain't nobody's in good enough shape to climb up there and get his body down. They're throwing stuff. <laughs> Hopefully, you break some branches and he just kind of slough down. Yeah, you just see him fall and his leg like snaps. Like oh god, maybe we should have left him up there. Yeah, but they end up. You know, Luke is like, we just need to keep going. We need to keep going. He takes uh, Hutch's compass and his his pocket knife. And yeah. it's like, all right, we just got to keep going. And Dom's like, I'm not leaving him like this. We have to do something. We have to bury him. He's like, we don't have time to bury him. It's going to be dark soon. Yeah. And, you know, Dom's just at him. He's like, I, I, you know, this is my one of my friends. Even though we weren't as close as we used to be, like, he's still my friend. And so he just covers him with sticks, which I thought was, yeah. I mean, for what it was, it was honorable. And, you yeah. know, it shows that, you know. It was definitely cool. Yeah. I again I want to be like I kind of want to be judgmental because the way he said it was like we'll send someone else out here. He made an sound weak but at the same time like you, know, you don't 
you don't have time to do it. And this is where we see like Luke kind of forced after Hutch goes missing. He has to assume the leader role. He has to now take action because he's the fittest of the three that are left. Phil's all fucked up in the head. He's like, you know, seriously messed up. He's not in any mental capacity to like try to do anything. He's strictly just following what everybody else does. Dom's got the bad knee. And now Luke's like, all right, it's it's all on me. I have to be the one to make the hard calls. And yeah, Luke is like, we can't, we, we have to keep going. It's like, I want to, we'll send someone back for him, but we have to keep moving. We can't stop to do this now. Yeah. And they trek through at almost another full daylight. Like they trek through into the like early like dawn. Mm-hmm. And they finally like Luke finally finds like the clearing. Again, leaves his friends back there. Yeah. <laughs> well they just hiked up this, this. Yeah, they they hiked up this steep ass embankment. And so they're everyone's exhausted. Yet somehow Luke's is just like, fuck it, I'm gonna go up to the very top and see if it's the way out. And he does. It's it's yeah. a clearing and you can see the other side of the forest. He's like, it's it's there. We're almost there. And then what does he notice? The shit show happens. Yeah. <laughs> and then what does he notice? There's these little fires in the trees as the sun's going down. You can see these little remnants of, you know, like almost like campfires in the trees off in the distance. And, he, you know, that's what they kind of pan in on is like he notices that. And he's like, that's weird. And so he makes his way back down. And on his way back down, that's, you know, when all shit breaks loose for real this time. Yeah. He's on his way down. And he sees Phil wandering around. And he says, where's Dom? I don't know. He was just here. And then Phil gets taken out. Well, so that's so if I remember correctly, what happened was he approaches them and they're both still there. And so this is the only credit I'll give to Phil's character. From the moment Phil had the dream, he's the only person that recognized that he was living out the dream. The whole time he understood that from the moment he was praying to the the hay duck-footed thing. The scarecrow thing. thing, He understood that he was living out how he was going to die. Because when he gets back to him, do you all remember what Phil's doing? He's doing this. Oh, that's he's right. Just, yeah. He's he's on his knees doing this. He's accepting what's happening because he knew that's what was going to happen. And he gets fucking taken. That's right. Didn't, that's right. Someone made a comment in in the movie about that, though. Really? Now it's, that you you on, said it like that, village. It, it's later on when they get into the village. I yeah, that's right. Dom recognizes it. That you know, it's like this was in my dream, but you know, his wife yeah. Gail was in the dream. But anyways, yeah. uh, the creature comes, takes off with Phil. You know. Luke scatters in the darkness. You know, the sun's gone down now. It's dark. He fucking hides again, too. That oh, fucking pussy comes out. He hides behind that tree trunk. Even yeah. though his friends just got all fucked up, he's like, I'm out. I'm hiding again, I'm dude. hiding behind this tree trunk right here. Let everything happen to them. Mm-hmm. And then what is he? The one, like, kind of only jump scares when he he's scanning the darkness with the flashlight and he comes again across Dom's face. And he's like, Ning. he's like, shh, shh, be quiet. It's over there. And he yeah. links up with them. And, you know, oh, we completely skipped a big part right when um, uh, we ha- they stop because Dom's like adamant. He's like, he has to stop. They get into this argument where pretty much, you know, they're confronting each other and Dom pretty much comes out and says it. He's like, don't you think it's a little fucked up that uh, uh, Rob died? He was covered in blood and you come out of that store and not a drop of blood on you. 
It's like, are you guys saying you blame me? And that's when Luke and Dom have like that falling out. It's like, fuck you. You're not my friend anymore. I don't want to know you after this. Like, we're done. We're done. You know, they have some real harsh words. Dom 100% blames Luke for the entire incident, which in retrospect, kind of his fault. Yeah. I mean, he did want to go in the liquor store and everything, but that's like the underlying, like, I guess, anxiety that Luke goes through is the fact that he thinks everybody, all of his friends, blame Blame Rob Steph on him. Yeah, because no one's really spoken to him about it. Like, they never, I guess they haven't really talked about it, but he has this inward blame that he blames himself, and he kind of, in a way, projects that because he thinks, you know, everybody else blames him too because, you know, he had the chance to do something and he didn't. And he's like, I feel like all of them know that I was being a coward. Like, I was a coward. And that and that is like showing him one of the the, the dreams he has because he dreams of you know Rob laying on the ground bleeding out again and that robber standing over him, and that's when he notices like the eyes of the creature because the the robber in the the dream his eyes are glowing, and what does he says he says coward, and that's when yep. he snaps back, and that and even 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 Hutch remember because after the altercation with Dom Hutch is like. He takes he takes Luke to the side and he's like, "Do you think that too?" And he's like, "I don't know." Because clearly they all have hold some sort of resentment against him. Because yeah. I mean, I know you know it's technically his fault, but yeah. Well, technically it's, it's not Luke's yeah. fault, but Luke was. Yeah. He, it's not it, Luke's fault that it happened. It's just the timing of it is the reason why Rob died. Yeah, I know. It's like you were the one that wanted to go into the liquor store and. Rob went in with you. If you wouldn't have have gone into the liquor store, Rob wouldn't have gone in there and died, and we wouldn't be on this fucking trail right now. And it was all this, this hullabaloo. But yeah, we I can't believe we skipped that part because that was a pretty crucial part of the story that they have that falling out. So and the fact that Luke and Dom are the last two people with like the most resentment and hate towards each other, and they have to like you know know, survive together. And that's the other part that pissed me off. And I don't know how y'all interpreted this, but when they're laying on the tree trunk, he's like, all right, we got to run. We're going to run on three. One, two, three. And neither of them take off. And I I don't I, I don't know how y'all felt about it. I felt like that was, again, Luke being like, you go first. I'm going to be selfless and see if you go or not. That's how I took it. The, um, I could see that, yeah. Uh, but I thought they were both like Luke was the one trying to – you know get them engaged in action but they both realized at that moment they're both way too scared to be the first one to go first so that's when they kind of look at each other it's like we go at the same time no one's going first we're going together like now so that's kind of them in the midst of like you know threat you know uh chaos they kind of reconcile real fast because even though they had this fight and you know they said some pretty mean stuff to each other they're still friends and they still care about each other, even though they've had the falling out. He's like, I'm not leaving you. He's like, I'm not going to let, it's like, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to leave you. Which I thought, you know, was on into the cult. (laughs) Yeah. And they freaking follow. They go right into the cult. They follow on the path because they're running away from the monster. And what do they do? They fall right out of the woods onto that path with all the little torches on the ground. And they're like, fuck it. Let's follow this. Now, and so I can't remember exactly what happens. Do they get like knocked out by the cult people? Yes. Is that what happens? Yeah, the they face. make it yeah, they make it yeah. into the the little village. They bust down one of the doors because the thing's like right behind them. They bust down one of the doors, they fall in, 
uh, Luke falls on his back, and there's that weird music playing in the background. It's like uh, a radio. Yeah, yeah. like uh, it's like a record player playing some old fucking Norwegian folklore tune. I don't know. It was weird. <clears throat> and, you know, he's kind of looking at everything upside down on his back, and he sees just a pair of feet, and that's when the foot comes and, like, blacks him out, knocks him out, and the screen goes black, and then it's them waking up in that room, you know, tied up and stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> and then so a, a lot of weird shit happens after that, you know. Yeah. And this is where yeah, yeah. the the actual the ritual takes place because when they wake up, uh they realize, you know, they're captured or whatever. Uh the people of the village come in and they ass, like assess them. They've the it's like that old hag lady comes in first. She just I don't know what she's chewing. I want to say she's chewing tobacco or something, but it sounds gross whatever yeah. she's chewing. She walks up to Luke, looks at him, realizes he has the mark on his chest, and she pulls her shirt down, and she has the same mark. And he's like, what the fuck? She gives him, like, a sip of water, and then she goes over to to Dom, and she looks at him and just kind of walks away. And Luke's like, no, give him some water. Give him some water. What are you doing? Give him some water. And the the younger lady uh, who's there, Oh, I just wanted to touch on something because remember they uh, they come across that buried tent thing with the the ID and her. It. That is her. That's what it's, I wanted to touch on. Yes, it took me a while to figure it out. That is her because she's like she's like we sacrificed to the to Loki's bastard son, and that's why we live ungodly amounts of time. Because when they pull the card out, it's some lady, and yeah. it. it's from like 1984. And I'm yeah. assuming this expired is like today. What they're in? Yeah, expired yeah. in 1984. So, like, She's still yeah. young and everything, so, even though mm-hmm. this with the the ID and the card and stuff that they find with the picture of that family is all from nineteen eighty, yeah. you know, eighty four back in the eighties. The yeah. So I'm just assuming that this cult like collects people that like get lost in the forest too. And that's how the demigod like gets his powers, is what I would assume. It selects people that come in there. And then it thrives off of them after that. But yeah, yeah. It took me a, li- a bit a minute to put those two together. Yeah. I was like, yes, that's her. Yeah, okay, yeah. I we skipped that part too, which is important. There's so many like little well, nuggets I of stuff to skip in that here. Part to bring it back up because it was something that seemed really insignificant in the movie because you're like, why the fuck did they need to find this tent and this fucking wallet bullshit, you know? But yeah. Now it makes sense that the cult is collecting people that the demigod chooses. Yeah. And I guess to tie it back, the reason Luke is marked I think is because the demigod senses once again he's the most susceptible to being uh to becoming a servant or you know to worshiping him because he has the most inward pain uh from what he does and he I guess the demigod can see that in his dream once again when he does the dream casting thing everybody else gets a dream of how they're going to die all Luke has a dream of is he's reliving his pain or his you know his anguish Every night when he sleeps. So I think that's how the the demigod chose Luke and why he chose Luke because he has the most pain. And it I guess it feeds off of it, that negative emotion. And yeah. But anyways. <laughs> well then they, they so they take Dom upstairs to that weird like church room too. The yeah. uh, only thing I could describe it as is like pews like worshiping something. Yeah, they're uh, all sitting down. Like yeah. it very much is like a church, like a little uh, chapel room, kind of. Yeah, 
Um, and then they bring him back down. And that's when that's when Dom like reconnects to what I was talking about with Phil. He realizes that the dream he had is what is happening currently. And he told he told Luke, this is what I this is what's going to happen. Like, this is what mm. you're going to do. You're going to go tell Gail what happened out here. Tell everybody what happened. Um, and he just kind of accepts fate. I can I'll, I'll give I'll give Dom his credit where credit is due. He yeah. accepted his fate that time. He's like, let's go. Let's get this shit over. Yeah. With. He realizes like he's done for even even. Yeah, he even tells the the monster creature thing. He's like, come on, quit, quit dragging ass. Let's go. Yeah, he's like, let's let this happen, which I think is like pretty ballsy for Dom because he's throughout the movie, he's kind of portrayed as like this, you know, a whiny little bitch or something like that. The most unfit of the, you know, the five, the group of the five of them because he's very, uh, not to say sheltered, but he has like a very comfortable life. So he's not used to like a lot of adversity or like hard trial or anything like that. And so that's why they think he's like, oh, he's being dramatic. He's exaggerating a lot of the pain that he's in, giving everybody grief or stuff like that. But yeah. at the and end, then, he's like, he just accepts his fate. He's like, I know what's going to happen. But he, he yeah. looks he looks at Luke and he's like, it's up to you. You have to make it back. You have to survive and you have to burn this place to the ground when you leave. Yeah. Like you have to do that. Yeah. And so – they make that promise or Luke makes that promise to, to Dom at the end. And I think this is where his final you know, arc or final ch- change, because that forces him. And now he has something to live for. It gives him a great purpose because now it's him. He has to be the one to make it back to tell everyone, to tell all of his friends, families, because Hutch had a wife and kids too. Like Almost everybody had families. It's not specifically stated that Phil had a family, but I, he had something important that he was living for, whereas Luke was the only one that was just kind of living for himself. And so you see this, it that recognition that Dom is not going to make it, he recognizes that, that in turn gives Luke purpose because he's like, I'm not just for myself anymore. It's It's for my friends who died out here. I have to make it back to tell their families that they tried, like tell them what happened, that they tried everything they could to make it back home to you guys. So it mm-hmm. gives him a purpose outside of himself. Yeah. To bring and that's that. that's where I came up with the dream casting ability from the demigod is when I saw Gail, when Gail was coming to uh, Dom, like yeah, before well, the sacrifice happened, I understood that the demigod is able to dream cast that kind of stuff. To almost, He was almost like being merciful to Dom. In a way, yeah. Until he breaks out and realize what the fuck's happening. And then you see that motherfucker and it's terrifying. It's, it is creepy, dude, where he grabs him by the head. And, he, you know, he first he sees it's Gale grabbing him by the head, like his face, and then looking right into his eyes. But then, you know, Gale's eyes are glowing. And it's like, oh, shit, like, that's the demigod. Yeah. <clears throat> and I tried looking it up because going back to uh, the lady, the younger lady, she uh, talks yeah. about... You know, it's what he's like, what, what is this thing? He's like, it's an ancient God. One of the Junten or Jonten or however you pronounce that in Swedish or Norwegian or whatever. It just means, it just means son of Loki. I'm pretty sure. Cause that's how like, like Jormungandr and stuff like that. That's what it says. Let me see. Let me see. It, she no, says uh, it, that word that Junten word, it means it, the, the, the winter people in, oh God. Because she says it's one of the, it's an ancient god, one of the Jontan or Juntan or however she says it. She she has the accent. I can't say it. <laughs> the Jontan. 
a bastard offspring of Loki. Mm-hmm. I'm doing some research. I could have swore I saw earlier that it meant like that it was like the a offspring of, of Loki. Yeah. I, I, I'm getting a, a group of giants. It, so, I mean, Loki yeah. was a giant, so. Yeah. It's, it's, it's spelled J-O-T-U-N-N with a little mm-hmm. weird double dot yeah, over the Yeah, uh yeah, the umlaut, I think is what that's called. Uh, a type of supernatural being in Germanic mythology and Norse mythology, they often contrasted with the gods. Iseer and Veneer, the other non-human figures such as dwarves, elves, uh, blah, blah, blah. Hmm, okay. Uh, so it's part yeah. of their the the mythological or folklore or mythos or yeah part of mythological myth mythology. There we go. I'd get the word out eventually. Yeah. The, the Joan Tier Joan Tar Joan Joan are also mentioned in Beowulf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think giant is the the most description, and yeah. trolls are included in it. It seems like. Hmm. Well, it is a giant. When that's you, for damn sure. Yeah, it's pretty you, I mean, like I said, Loki is a mix of uh, the giants and the frost people, technically. Like in a lot of lores, like Norse mythology, it's that's what it is. Um, and then, since I know we're going to hit the next part, is the big weird like worship circle that's upstairs after uh, what is he? He's like break his wrist or something to get out of the bindings. He breaks his thumb right before Dom sacrificed. You can see Luke struggling to get out of his his bindings. And, you know, he can hear what's happening to Dom outside. So you could see him really, like, struggling, like, hurrying up. And he realizes, like, I'm going to have to break my thumb if I want to get this restraint off of my wrist so I can be free. And he, he still yeah. wants to help Dom. So he breaks yeah. his thumb, um, and then, you know, he mm-hmm. gets free, which is crazy. Yeah, I'm he like, finds the, finds the fire, and then he goes upstairs. And so I'm glad I finally looked this up because I just – I don't know why I was being such a fucking prude about not looking this up. But – uh the the people upstairs, everything that's everybody that's seated upstairs in the worship room that's worshiping the guy at the front, which is yeah, the beast, the demigod. Those that's the rotting bodies of the people in the village. Um, they're called. Oh. Uh, it's uh, he finds a congregation of rotting, living, dead because they're all living, and it's yeah. basically it's the humans that through their worship of the Jotun have been given a nightmarish version of everlasting life. So those are the actual bodies of the people. The people that are outside are just like things that he creates for them, like how he creates his body, mm-hmm. like through like the weird, like, you know, fucking elk or whatever. Um, their bodies are left up there to rot in the sticks, the sticks and twigs and stuff like that. But that's actually them, the people that were like in the cult. Oh, so he burns okay. it, he actually like sacrifices their, I guess. Their bodies um, or whatever. Immortality yeah. or something. Yeah. Like he burns them to the ground. That would suck if you're that old. Like you're decaying, yeah. you're dying, you're still alive, and then you get burned. <laughs> you're just like fuck. Yeah. It's never gonna end, well, and you're still alive. <laughs> and that's that's the reason why the demigod attacks them after that because they're no longer worshippers of him. Their bodies have been burned upstairs, so they no longer worship him. So they don't. He does not protect them anymore. So that's why he starts to kill them and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because oh, so you're saying that the people that are upstairs are the the. The, the little creature old people that are upstairs are the exact same people that are downstairs, but their physical bodies are. Oh, that does make sense. Yeah, those are I the know living. Those are the living physical bodies of the people that are in the cult. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And their projections. Just, yeah. Yeah. Projections are outside, but the projections are things that the demigod gave them. Mm-hmm. Um, and since the actual physical, like rotting living flesh was burned upstairs, he, they no longer worshiped him at that point. And that's why he attacks them. Yeah. Because after the, the Junten, we'll just call it that, uh, kills Dom and puts him up in the tree, which I, I wonder why, wonder what the meaning of them, of him sticking these dead people up in the tree is for. Like, what is all that all about? What, why does he do that? I assume that it was people that weren't worthy and were not willing to worship him, so he killed them. That's what I. That's what I got it off. How like he saw in Luke somebody that would be willing to like. What's the word I'm looking for? Like surrender to him. Yeah, yeah, surrender to him. These other people had fight in them, had something to fight for, so he immediately killed them. The rest of the people didn't. Oh. That one lady, I'm pretty sure she was just a solo hiker, got lost in the woods. She had nothing else, so yeah, yeah. he was able to take her. That's true. Or her family died because she was, like, in that wallet they found there was a picture of a family. I think she was either the little girl because there was, yeah. you know, there was a little girl, a little boy, and then mom and dad. Or she was the mom. Mm-hmm. I didn't really – I can't remember. I didn't get a good look at the picture. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So the people that you see in the village, those are just projections, which again gives back to like it being a bastard son of Loki because Loki's able to like make projections of things and of yeah. himself. So that makes sense that they would have that type of projection power. Yeah, and I kind of wish I could go back and like do like a freeze frame of the embodiment of the Jotun. Because it looked devilish, whatever it was, at the very like epicenter of the congregation yeah, upstairs. Yeah, when you it that, bad, But I don't feel like I never stop and look at it. I know. Then again, it kind of just glances over it when he like looks over everything. You kind of just yeah. get a brief scan of it, but it looks pretty you know, pretty demonic looking, honestly. Yeah. Um, but he sets it all on fire. And this is the funny part. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he comes down the stairs. Bam! Yeah. It's such a stupid punch, too. He just goes, pow! <laughs> Knocks her ass out. Uh, she comes around the corner, and, like, she doesn't say anything. She just kind of, like, looks at him stupidly, and he looks at her. <sighs> okay, knocks her out cold. <laughs> oh, yeah, cold clocks her. Just, bow! And I, I think it's crazy. After he knocks out the old lady, he then goes and finds a gun. Which I don't know what it's it's some type of bolt action rifle. I don't know, maybe Kyle. Like an old style like M one grand looking motherfucker. Like it's been out there for a while. It takes two bullets. Nah, I didn't, <laughs> didn't notice that. I then, then that's all he found. The, oh, that's he, right. He only found two bullets. He didn't. Yeah. It takes more. Yeah. I don't I didn't look yeah. up what it was. Dumbass only grabs two bullets. I'm grabbing I'm grabbing handfuls. I'm grabbing pocketfuls of shit <laughs> like that, man. Come on. I and think he, he only found two. There, there's huh because he's looking he wastes, through the- he wastes one of the bullets on the guy because also i thought it was really weird that the congregation wasn't very like they weren't like really like violent with him because that one guy comes around the court of the bald guy and he's like sit 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 he's like no fuck you i'm not sitting <laughs> i'm getting he's out not of here like trying to like hurt him or anything and he fucking like click fuck no i know <laughs> he just shoots his ass <laughs> cold clocks a lady and then shoots the bald guy uh, then proceed to be violent whatsoever. Yeah, I know, right? And then as he, you know, he's trying to get out of the the burning shack that he's in now. He sees the Jotun uh, outside, and he's like, "Oh fuck that!" And that creepy bastard puts his head down and looks at him through the door. And you're like, "Oh shit!" Mm-hmm. 
He says well, the no. other thing was he drops the body too, which I think this is something I might have just like glanced over that I'd like to do more research on. He drops the body of the girl that he grabs from the congregation that's all outside, and her eyes are like missing or something yeah, like he that. He gouged her eyes out. What does that mean? Yeah. Does it mean like I think I know what it means because he doesn't want them looking at him. He wants them to just bow and worship him, like submit, just don't look, just immediate, just don't look, just submit and kneel. Yep. That's probably it. And then he like busts out the back door, takes yeah. the fuck off. He cannot stay, he cannot stand or run for shit either. <laughs> also, that that part in the movie. So that's the only reason why I ever watched the ritual back in the days because I saw that part of it. I saw the part where he like stumbles and falls over. And he sees Looks the yoke yeah. like carrying the person, and mm-hmm. he's just like, "I know what to do. Let's shoot it with my one bullet." <laughs> and it just goes. And I was like, <laughs> "Bitch!" I saw a TikTok of that, and I was like, "I gotta watch this movie. What the fuck is happening?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that was a good like enticing like scene or you know edit of the movie. It's just that one scene where he looks back and you see this monstrous, eldritch creature looking thing. With the hands on its face and these huge antlers. Immediately when I first saw that, I thought of like a, a Wendigo myth, you know, folklore or something like I that. I thought that's like, what it was about, to be honest. It looks like a Wendigo, to be honest. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Like in traditional, get off topic a little bit with the Wendigo. Um, in traditional Algonquin folklore, the Wendigo is not in the shape of like what, you know, pop culture says it is today like it has antlers and stuff like that something made up like i'm not sure who made that up but we gave it that design the wendigo is a spirit it's all it is is a spectral being that infests and inhabits a person once they commit the act of cannibalism and then that slowly makes them turn into like this rakish uh feral version of themselves but never once does it like grow horns and have like the the face of a deer skull or anything like that an elk skull or nothing like that that's something i don't know that they've that that up in like appalachia i guess where they think you know those things are (laughs) off topic but anyways going back to that he escapes from the house shoots the thing i'm guessing misses or you know shoots it and it's like He hits it, and it's just like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) You son of a bitch. He definitely nails it. Yeah, right in the head. What a great shot. But I'm like, buddy, why would you do? You had so much, so many chances to just run. Just fucking run. I know. I'm not looking back. Well, see, the thing about about running, though, you know, you talk about him being a dreamcaster. One of the other things I noticed is that I don't think it really would have mattered if they could use a, a compass properly. Because I think he kept changing the out the 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 layout of the forest in order to yeah. keep them, them in that circle, and we're and about was, to get to. And it was all eventually leading them to, I guess, that village, to where you know mm-hmm. people would die. Interesting. And as he's running away, like right before you know it, it knocks him off balance and does that weird thing. He starts seeing visions of the liquor store, like he's running through the aisles of the liquor store, and there's the fluorescent lights overhead, which I thought cinematically. That was excellent. Like, I love that, oh, that yeah. image of, like, the liquor store in the forest with a thing running behind His ability to run tra- in that forest was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> running in terror. weak running. <laughs> Anyways, you know, he runs through this uh, weird projection of, you know, his nightmare. 
the thing freaking hits him, which I thought it would have just freaking smushed him, dude, because it freaking mm-hmm. straight up stiff arms him, dude. Wow. Knocks his yeah, ass, lays his ass out. His ass over. I know. I'm like, oh, that's it. He's done. Like, there's no getting up from that, but somehow he does. And this thing's just kind of, you know, hovering over him or standing over him. And what does it do? Like, you know, he's on his knees in like a submissive position and he happens to look up and that's when it freaking stands up on its hind legs and does like the weird fucking symbol looking thing. Yeah. And he sees like the full representation of this entity. Like, I'm not sure it's, it's posing for something, I guess, like the sign of worship or something like that, or it's deity. It's it's the, it's the same, the same, uh, the little twisted head body thing. It's the same orientation as all the bodies that are trees. Oh, so it's like yeah. chest opens up and you see the rib cage and like you see the hands that are upside down, but also yeah. on top. It's weird. Yeah, it is yeah. weird. So he sees the full scope of this, this thing. And, uh, you know, he's looking up at it, which obviously that's why it killed the other, it killed these people. You know, you know, it doesn't want you looking at it. So what does it do? It forces him back down to the ground and he like puts its hand on his face and like holding him down. Like you will worship me. You will submit. This is where his will's being tested once again. It's like, it's not killing me so I could submit and survive right now. But he feels, I guess his drive to make it back to, you know, home to tell, you know, what happened to his friends, the promise he made to Dom is still prevalent in his head, and he's like, now fuck this, like, I have to push through this fear, like the same fear that he had when he was in the liquor store when Rob got killed. He's like, I have to overcome this and not submit to fear. And that's, like, I guess, a good symbolism of him submitting to his fear because he had the chance to in the liquor store to overcome his fear, fight back, and he didn't. Now he's kind of faced with the same dilemma here, but it's very much you know, more supernatural. The stakes are a little bit higher now. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The metaphor was really good at that point because when he forces his head down, he looks to the side and he sees Rob after he got like hit. Yeah. And also the the one thing is, I don't know where that ax came from. No clue where that ax came from. I I need to go back and watch. Did he He, grab it or something? Yeah. He grabbed it right before he uh, left the, the, uh, the house when he broke through the house. He saw an axe on the on the ground or something like that. He scoops it up with the rifle, and then it's when he breaks through. He fires one night's time. Obviously, the thing's like, hey, bitch, that's not doing anything. So that's when he runs off, you know, and he just he leaves the gun behind, the rifle behind, and just starts running through the woods with this axe. But anyways. And then, the, yeah, the symbolism is he sees Rob, and he sees the axe, and the axe is representation of the bottle. Yeah, because he had a chance. Because maybe he flips the bottle up. It actually kind of looks like the axe from the very beginning opening scene. Um, he has a chance now to do the exact same thing he did: submit to his, you know, selfishness and just like you know, his worship fear, yeah. this god. Or he could take action and do what he couldn't do before, and that's exactly what he does. He picks picks up the broken the axe. axe and he slices the animal. Mm-hmm. Because it, it like it grabs him and picks him up and he has this axe in his head and he's like, no, bitch. Wow. Hacks it right in the face. Slice. I know. It drops him and then he proceeds to to run away. And it's like, damn. <laughs> so, you know, full uh, character arc there, I think, from where he yeah. started in the beginning. He now finds the strength and the meaning to carry on and to, to push past his own fear. Uh, 
to need to overcome it. So one of the questions I have at the end of this is mm-hmm. why does the beast let him go? Because think, right there at the end, as he's running away at the edge of the forest, he finally lets him get out of that sphere of influence he had. Mm-hmm. I think he does that on purpose. He allows him to leave. Yeah. Cause so if he feeds off of the suffering, he wants worshipers. Why doesn't he just murder them? What is it about the redemption arc that makes it to where the beast lets him go? Or do you think that Luke just genuinely made it outside of his, his reach? What's happening there? I want to say, cause after he hits the, the Junten, he makes it out of the woods. He makes it to the clearing. He's standing on that hill and the sun's coming up and the thing comes right up to the edge of the forest and is just kind of peering out at him. And that's when they kind of have like that weird screaming match. I think it's, I think the Junten is confined to the forest. It can't exist outside of that forest. It's kind of trapped there. But also, it it doesn't try to, like, dreamcast again to, like, weaken him or, like, draw him back or anything like that because it can't. because it, it can. no, yeah. yeah. Because it, he doesn't have that internal fear that he had. He conquered that that pain, that that trauma that he had. And then he was able to, you know, not be under this influence. He wasn't susceptible to its... To its um, its powers anymore. Therefore, he's able to, you know, say, you know, forget you, dude. I made it through. You can't get me. Ah. And like, I know like that scream was like really cathartic for him because he was letting out all the frustration of everything that just happened. And also the frustration of the, all the inner turmoil he had was all just released. And he's like, I did it. I made it through. Like he found the purpose to live and to survive. And then I, I, I completely agree with that. I totally think that the the Yelton is confined to the forest. The reason why I think he let him go is we're going to go back to the fact that he did not, the Yelton did not try to kill him at the end. The Yelton wanted him to worship him. It's because he basically tore apart everything he has that worships him. He burned down all the bodies. He has to have something to thrive off of. That's why he tried to continue to like thrive off that weakness from Luke. And like make him, and he break he broke free of it, which is good. Which that's when the dream casting really kind of fucked it up because if he if the Jotun didn't dream cast at that moment, he wouldn't have saw Rob and got the you know nod of appreciation. Like you can let me go if you make this move. Yeah, but when he got outside himself. of the forest, I think yeah, the Jotun realizes that the only way he'll have more people coming back into that forest is to let him go. It was kind of a double edged sword right there. Because now Luke is going to go out and have more people go into the forest, and he has another chance to get more people to worship him. Because that's the only way he can thrive. It's going to be weak now, but Luke is still alive. Luke will go out and tell people about this, which will probably get locked in the fucking loony men for telling people about that shit. Um, and, and then dumbasses like us. For all the, yeah. yeah. Dumbasses like us will you know, watch that story like, let's go do that. <laughs> let's go hiking. Let's go do it. Let's, do it. let's go hiking. I, I think he was very much like confined to the forest, but that was the reason why I think it let him go. It realized that it, it probably didn't see the weakness anymore, but it just saw the opportunity to get more people to come to the forest for him to thrive off of since his cult is now gone. Yeah. So right. what are you going to tell the cops? If you're Luke, <laughs> I'm going to pretend like that shit didn't happen to be very honest, because you go tell the cops this fucking Yoten beast just murdered half my friends. There's a fucking cult out there. First off, you're getting blamed for every single murder oh. that's been happening in that forest. You're the I'd say I got I got I got rolled run uh, that, that it was a cult. 
Yeah. It's yeah. like there's a cold. I totally there. leave the beast out of it. Y'all That's go true. out there. I'm not going though. <laughs> Y'all can go do that. And I wonder, it's like how much well, no, I guess we can pretty much definitely say like the the Jotun is very much real. It's an entity that exists. It's not like a form of imagination or solution hallucination that he makes up in his head to project like his own problems or whatever. Because everyone experiences the reach of the monster. Yeah. Overall, and, good movie though, man. That's if for being a Netflix movie, man, I really appreciate that Netflix actually produced something like that compared to all the other shitty movies they've they, uh, they've put out. But since then, yeah, it, it's been kind of downhill. Yeah. Not to shit on Netflix, but yeah, as far as horror movies go, I feel like it was a good one. They they have, I haven't. Netflix does have some other good horror movies. I'd have to go back because I've watched some of them and they're they're really good, uh, like spooky, scary, interesting. Oh, and that's one thing I wanted to touch on. The proper way to watch these movies to get the full effect. Something I guess I noticed because Brady, you watched it during the day. I watched it last mm-hmm. night. When did you watch it, Kyle? Today? During during the day today. Yeah. Yeah. The the effects of them when they're out in the darkness in the woods at the at the the hut at night it does give it a different feel. I could see trying to watch that during the day. It's not as intense because you're not in that environment yourself, being in the dark. In you know with this imagery of the darkness in the movie, really like gives it a little bit more depth and impact. I feel so maybe that's something we should be conscious of when we're doing honest reviews of these movies, make sure we watch it with the full effect, you know, in the dark, how scary movies are supposed to be observed to really get you spooked. <clears throat> That's just one thing I wanted to go over and point out. But overall, uh, go ahead. I wanted to provide an answer to, to one of the questions earlier. The rifle is a carabiner 98K chambered in 7.92 by 57. Uh, it was manufactured in Germany in 1937. Yeah. It's Damn. Damn, it's and it's still able to fire. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. yeah. Damn, okay. Oh, hmm. Interesting. But okay. Well, let's let's get our overall takes of these movies. Kyle, I want to hear you talk, man. You've been kind of quiet on this one, so I want to hear your overall take of the movie. I got really I cannot tell y'all. I think if you go back and look, I'm like, I really want to go to Sweden right now. <laughs> like I definitely want to do this trail. Maybe not the 10 mile one. Maybe do the one that goes through because they have huts out there. Like I, I never didn't even cross my mind to think of how how strange is it to find huts on the side. Maybe maybe it's normal to find huts on the side. Yeah, of, of some trails, but um, the trails that I've been on, I don't normally see huts. Normally, you have like a start location, and you know you plan your route, and it's like twenty miles or something, and then you have the next, you have the next stop. But this is like huts like that were along the way, and sure enough, that that appears to be the same way that it is on on some of these trails in, in North Sweden. Uh, but yeah, that's why I didn't. I what for a good portion of it, I just got really involved in wanting to to go on another backpacking trip. <laughs> You're doing your that own aside, research and everything. This, <laughs> and I was mapping it out. Oh, ten miles. It. So if they were on I love it. King's Trail, the real mm-hmm. King's Trail, my man, don't get lost in, t- in a ten mile stretch. <laughs> no reason. There's just no need. Stop. <laughs> stop the madness. Now, if they were a little bit north of that King's, uh, or the the 
King Layden, King's Trail, if they were a little bit north of it. I didn't map that out. That that one looks massive, though. Like, that's going to be a multi-day affair, which sounds like it's more accurate to the movie because, you know, they had talked about, you know, hey, we we camped once, they went another day, and they tried to camp, and they could see the, the, the hut way out in the distance. Yeah, the lodge. <clears throat> anyway. Some overall thoughts on the movie. I definitely give this one a uh, a solid, solid seven and a half. Seven and a half out of ten, maybe an eight. It was it was good. Yeah, it was good. I really enjoyed the movie. Uh, great acting, uh, character development was pretty good, especially you know without out any backstories. It, it really provided it in context. Um, yeah, solid, solid character creation. I don't know who brought that up. But man, that really a lot of times when people try to try to show you the monster, it's not as scary as it is whenever the you imagine the monster because you can imagine something far scarier than anything that could be put yeah. on the screen. That did a pretty good job. That did <laughs> a pretty good job of a of a, of a monster. I'd, 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 say it, I'd be it, scared. Yeah, I felt it delivered on the actual creature design. And like, yeah, you get all this ominous representation and feeling and emotion you get from it from it just being hit in a nut scene and when it finally comes on screen you're like oh my god like this is like an eldritch type god cosmic you know entity it's like it's it's creepy as all hell and it's scary in that aspect like i said i was watching it at night and i was just like that's pretty scary because in my bedroom there's we have like this huge uh glass window and at the very top where the curtains can't cover, there's like a little pane glass. I'm like, God, I could just see that thing freaking peering at me through that top glass. I'm like, oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> the little beady yellow eyes. I know, dude. I think that was like a weird, uh, interesting detail that, you know, it the massive size of it, its eyes are these little bitty beams. That makes it so much more impactful because it's like this massive creature Yet it has eyes that can focus so well, and they're so small. So you know, there's so much intent and like purpose behind the one when it looks at you. Like mm-hmm. it's, you know, it has plans for you. <laughs> it's like, oh man, it's the eyes, me. the eyes reminded me of those little scavenger creatures on Tatooine. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That was the first thing I thought of. Who did he? Who did he? Yeah. Um. But yeah, for my overall score, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Kyle. I'm gonna give it a solid eight. Eight out of ten. What about you, Brady? Um, just because I've had history with this movie and it really like hit me, I didn't think it was gonna be that good a movie, considering it's a Netflix created movie. Uh I'm going eight and a half. I I really enjoy this movie. It's something I can watch several times. Um, I do have my vices with it. I don't like that there was there was a lack of character development, like just background character development, and the fact that Phil is just not a character that even <laughs> needed to necessarily be in the movie. Yeah, um, it was scripted out really well. The pacing's really really good. I really mm-hmm. love the pacing of the movie. I think the screen time of the Yotan, the creature, perfect. It was not too le- it was not too little. It wasn't too much. It was impactful enough to where you got to see that one shining scene where it's like. You can see the full embodiment of it in the background of the burning hat hut. Like you got yeah, to see it's it. Still, it it's full silhouette. Yeah. Yeah. The Imposing, it intimidating. Yeah. The Icelandic like Nordic noises it made when it was like chanting yeah. and stuff like that was terrifying. The sound design was incredible. Like the way they sound designed the vocalization of the Jotun. 
that and like the little chapel where the you know all the dead you know the villagers and stuff are worshiping like that garbled like guttural sound whenever they take Dom up to that chapel and they say mm-hmm. they're pre- preparing him for the ritual like I'm like god just hearing that by itself just that audio clip of like that weird chanting they're doing that was that was spooky I was like god it sounds mm-hmm. terrifying up there and Dom screaming the whole time just in fear yeah. and it's like oof it's impactful. Yes. Solid, yeah. solid eight and a half for me. It's a really good, like, I don't know what you would, it's just, I just, in general, horror movie, I guess. I, I don't uh, know. What, what what would you guys label this movie? Cosmic horror, for sure. Cosmic yeah. horror. Yeah. I just, it, overall, solid, solid movie. Um, the ending is a little lackluster. I, I like the ending. Don't get me wrong. I love the ending. Yeah. But it, it, it makes you, it yearns for more, even though there doesn't need to be, I don't want them to make another movie that would be dumb. Because yeah. they did such a good job ending it, um, just overall solid, solid cosmic horror movie with really good internal guts, and just a really good script, good pacing, mm-hmm. good creature yeah. development. I I loved it. It's one of my favorite scary movies. So okay, definitely, I'd, re- I'd recommend it to all of our listeners. If you haven't watched it yet, I know some of the people in the the comments on the TikTok video said they were interested in it. It's definitely w- worth the watch. If you haven't watched it yet, go check it out. And watch it at night. And watch it at, at night. That's the ten- that that's the trick. You gotta watch it at night when scary movies are the scariest in the dark. <laughs> Agreed. All right, all right. So movie review commentary. That's out of the way. So overall we're gonna rate it what, eight out of ten? Sound fair? Because we all pretty much had an eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Right. Eight eight out of ten review. Solid. All right, now we go on to. Sorry, I know this is weird taking us out of the mode we were in. Go back to the script or the format, the outline. Um, yeah, I think we're on uh, cryptid hunting. Mm-hmm. Yes, we can go to cryptid hunting. All right, so you guys got the list I sent you, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so we got. I believe. Because, you know, these are all Swedish and Germanic, you know, names. They have accents on them, but I'm going to pronounce them as best I can. We have the Nacken or the Nacken, something like that. Uh, I said, so the Nacken. Hunt the Nacken, and the reward is $10,000, plus you get his magic violin because the Nacken in folk, in uh, Swedish folklore uh, he's a water spirit that plays his violin that draws people you know, to him, and then he drowns him, obviously. So $10,000 reward, and you get his magic violin, and you can do whatever you want with that violin, whether you play it, keep it, use it for whatever devious <laughs> acts you want, or sell it to make extra cash because it's a magic violin. Uh, then we have Trolls, which a very classic uh, Swedish folklore uh, $30,000 reward for tracking that son of a bitch down and killing him, which is no easy task. If anybody out there has seen the movie Troll Hunter, that's another good one. We need to review that one. Troll Hunter, really good. It's all in Swedish or Norwegian, I believe. Uh, but $30,000 reward for killing one of those bad boys, plus you gain some, some of its physical strength. Interesting to think about there. Then we have the Lindworm. $500,000 reward, plus a story gets made about you 
and your experience, and you get royalties from the sales of the book and the movie. Yeah, you get a, a story wrote and a movie made, plus you get royalties, 500,000 reward for the Lindworm. And the Lindworm is a serpent dragon that lives in the forest, and it, you know, attacks humans on sight. <laughs> Very vicious and scary. Uh, but has also been known to like raid graveyards and eat dead bodies. <laughs> or we have the Vitra or Vitra. Uh, these are spirits. I guess I should give a brief, you know, just depiction of each of the cryptids so you know what you're dealing with. But the Vitra, excuse me, are what these spirits that reside in the underground, they live under the earth and they only come out. I, I, I'm not sure what they're – they never describes what their intent is when they come out, but they, they live among us, but they're invisible. So it's kind of like ethereal, spectral kind of thing, but there's a lot of them, a lot of them. In the folklore, the Swedish folklore, uh, the Vitra come from uh, – God, I can't remember the name, but she was a wife of Adam, like, you know, Adam and Eve. She, she was – Lilith? No, nah, not Lilith. It's – they have a different name for in Norwegian. You'd have to look it up. I can't remember what it's called, but it's not Lilith. But she was one of the original wives of Adam in this folklore. Uh, but she was cursed because she had too many children. Apparently, she bore too many children. Like, overpopulation was crazy. And so for for that, she was punished. And so God said she can... You can live on earth, but you have to live, but no one can see you. You have to be unseen. So he, I guess, you know, they made them spectral and they're invisible. $5,000 reward for each one you kill, plus you gain the power of invisibility. So, and I guess we can all, since there's, I it came up with four, four monsters or four cryptids. Uh, you can... Pick three that you would do the most. Ready to go. <laughs> All right. Well, we're talking uh, money-wise. As long as I can have a little good little troop of boys with me, I'm going for the uh, the Linware, man. I'm trying to kill that motherfucker. We need some money. <laughs> and have a badass Netflix Netflix uh, show or Netflix movie made about me and the boys killing a Linworm. That just sounds badass. And if you die doing it, sounds cool, too. So hopefully, you know, someone work. lives to tell the tale, though. Hopefully, hopefully we need so, a Luke. Actually, we don't know. We don't need a Luke in this group. Whatsoever. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't think any of us are Luke in this in the in this no. in this scenario. God forbid anybody's a Phil. <laughs> but uh, I'm going Linworm if the boys can help me hunt it. Um, the Vitra, just because it'd be cool. So do you get invisibility after you kill the first one? Yeah, because that's the only way, like, the trick is you have to somehow find a way to hunt the Vitra, even though it's invisible. You got to find some way to hunt it, kill it, even though it's invisible. But once you kill the first one, you then gain the ability of invisibility. That makes yeah. you able to see the rest of them so you can continue hunting them, and it's $5,000 reward for each one you kill. Yeah. So the first so, one's well, the really so challenging part, yeah. Okay, even better. So first challenge I'm going for is the Vitra. Give me a Vitra kill, invisibility. That's the only one I need. Second <laughs> kill I'm going for is the Linworm. I'm invisible at that point. That's going to be a lot of help killing that motherfucker with a group of boys. And then thirdly, I'd go for the, uh, uh, what's it called? Nick, uh, the Nacken? 
Nacken, um, just because yeah. first I'm invisible again and I want a badass fucking violin. I'm um, <laughs> sneaking, swimming up on that motherfucker, put it in a headlock. We're good to go, you know. Dunsky. Those are my fucking play right there. Grab his violin, start playing. The devil went down to Georgia. So two two ways that I'm going to do it. I, originally, I didn't think about that. That's a Brady makes a good point. He's not wrong. Originally, I was going to say that I need to go for the Lindworm or the Troll because I don't I don't know how to kill spirits. I don't know how to do it. I mean, unless I, I, I take an exorcism class, but I'm not sure that that would, that would work. So I really wouldn't want to go for those two. Um, I would love to be a troll hunter. That would be, that'd be cool. I can go for <laughs> some big game. I wasn't super hot on the Linworm. It just felt like it'd be a remake of Anaconda. Uh, well, think about but it. But I it's, can see that. But It's a dragon, a, a serpent dragon you're hunting, though. It's massive. It's terrifying. That's kind of, that's kind of cool. And it's going to attack but you on site. strength. Yeah, your troll strength is going to come in handy if you go for the troll first, though. So that's what I was about to say. I, I have a different answer than Brady did. If we're going to go in like how to how to make use of the, the things, I would go for the knacking first. Get the violin. And then I would lure whichever creature I wanted to next. I could lure me in some, some Vitra. Kill the Vitra. Now that I'm invisible, can sneak up on the troll. Get the troll, and now I'm super strong. I'm just going to put put the linworm in a headlock. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do it. Take okay. them all out. There you go. All right, solid, solid. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm thinking in order of me being able to use the most of the abilities you get from killing these things. I would try first to kill the vitra. That way I gain the power of invisibility. Then I hunt a couple more Vitra, 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 however you pronounce their names. Build up a good amount of money because it's $5,000 a piece. Get a hell of a good arsenal and equipment and boys with me. Then I hunt the Nacken. Like Brady said, just sneak up behind that son of a bitch because you're invisible. Put him in a headlock and he's done. <laughs> then you gain his violin. And then with the violin, you have invisibility, play the magic violin, lure the lindworm to you because, you know, you're invisible. It's just going to come naturally to you. Plus, it like the lindworm will attack you on sight. As soon as it sees you, it's going for you. It's, there's no hesitation. And even if you don't see it first, it's going to get you. So that's where invisibility comes in real handy. Because it can't, it can't get you because it can't see you. But all it is is coming toward the sound of the music from the violin. So it comes up on you. You have this huge arsenal. It would be like Attack on Titan, dude. You'd have like a whole freaking thing set up, a trap set up for it. So whenever that son bitch comes right through, you freaking fire all grenades and everything else. Take that song gun out. Then since that happens, you get a badass $500,000 reward. Plus, you get to make a, they write a story about you and make a movie. Means you can make a, they read a story about you first hunting the Vitra down, gaining invisibility. Then you hunt the Nacken down, take it out. Then a story gets written about how you're a prodigy when it comes to playing music on a violin. <laughs> you get record sales out the ass. <laughs> then. You live out the rest of your life as a fucking musician. <laughs> exactly. And then, you know, Linworm, that's just a huge blockbuster. It's almost like a trilogy, dude. They can make a trilogy out of that, make stupid money, 
become super wealthy, super renowned, well-known, and live out the rest of my days in northern Sweden, going on hikes with my boys. On the Jotun. Yeah, on the, the Jotun. I feel like that's going to get really cold. Yeah. Oh, that, would, that would really suck, yeah. You got enough money to have a, a house in like Mexico or like Spain you, or something you, at that point. <laughs> uh, at this point, I'd have a really dope house. Like, I would not be cold in winter. <laughs> But overall, yeah. So that's the cryptid hunt. And to our audience, which cryptid would you choose to hunt in that order? What would be your favorite? How would you go about it? Excuse me. Interesting. See if any of that catches any, any comments. That'd be fun. All right. Now we move on to, uh, oh, yeah, audience engagement. Duh. What I just said, how would you guys go about cryptid hunting those things? You got the Nakin, Trolls, the Lindworm, and the Vitra. Let us know in the comments. And you can find... And then what about the... Uh, go ahead. I said, oh, and if you... The way you can find and leave your message in the comments or message us directly at Podcast at gmail.com. Send in your emails. Let us know. Also... You can make suggestions on which movie you guys want us to review at Podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on YouTube at Podcast, on <laughs> Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all other podcasts, wherever you get your podcast fix, Podcast, and on TikTok at Podcast again. Plug them all. That's all the plugs we have. <laughs> I'm working so, on so getting. No like, one else came up with "Say on Sunday." We just got all the usernames. We that. did. We got lucky. There was Solid like, boy. there was um, like someone put their name before it. You know, Joe Schmo's "Say on Sunday" podcast. But we're just "Say on Sunday" podcast. I guess we looked at on a name. So we got. Right, that. Need to get the bitch trademarked. <laughs> if we get big I'm enough, speaking into existence, and, and we, verbal and we, trademark right here. Say on get, Sunday podcast. Yeah, and we get sponsors get trademarks trademark yeah. this the first you sponsor guys. it doesn't matter we just need one so <laughs> let's get rolling <laughs> uh, right. i do have a suggestion though um just uh, i know we still have some movies you know rolling through that we might want to watch just for our suggestions next time i'm throwing in something that's a little bit different um i've heard really good things about a mini series on netflix called midnight mass i don't know if you guys have heard it before it I looks it. absolutely terrifying <laughs> is it terrifying i thought there was supposed to be like engaging and like interesting it looks it looks pretty scary like the basis i get from it is like this congregation in a church brings in this entity or demon that like is supposedly like the the second coming of jesus but it it's straight up demon it is a demon dressed in a cloak and it has wings and stuff like that and it looks hella scary and i really want to watch it so i'm gonna watch it either way but it's just my suggestion this week of what we should watch a little Netflix miniseries. So that's good. How that's many? a full day's work. Man. That's seven hours and thirty minutes of, of film time. Bad, we got two hours. I mean, I mean, not two hours. We got two weeks before the next one for the next podcast. Girl. So we could do You're time. Right. You're right. Well, then again, this yeah, is where we leave my it up. Suggestion this week. Yeah, we we leave it up to the audience. You know, what would you guys want to hear less? Because you guys did choose the ritual this week for this week's episode, which. Shout out to everyone who left a comment, put in their uh, requests and submissions. Thank you for doing that. It means a lot to us. As above, so below. The Void. Uh, talk to me. 
What can be a fourth one? Oh, the Midnight Mass. You guys choose what you guys want us to review. we got three movies and then one series. Let us know. And once again, shamelessly plugging our socials. Find us on TikTok at Sand Sunday Podcast, YouTube, Sand Sunday Podcast. If you enjoy, you know, listening to this, wherever you're listening to it, if you're, you know, on in podcast form, we do have a video form that's on YouTube. Go check us out there. You can see us, what we look like. Oh, we're all a bunch of goofballs, three old friends that, you know, just like to talk about all things creepy, cryptid, horrible, terrifying, and awesome. But that's the last plug. I'll I'll get on that. Um all right, well, if that's it, I think we've covered everything tonight, boys. And we thank you for joining us on another wonderful episode of the Seance Sunday podcast, where we talk about all things creepy, cryptid, horrible, terrifying, and awesome. Join us next time, where we review whatever you guys want us to. So make sure to leave those comments. Or leave your vote in those comments. Peace out. Right. Night, boys. Night, boys. <laughs> Later, guys. Later.